It's time. Finally, a show for you. A once a week extravaganza, giving you the weekend's movies, the week's cons and entertainment events, what is worth watching on television for the week, the weekly comic book, novel, game, and collectible releases, as well as entertainment news and information. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture. It's Pop Culture Kaboom with your host, Jimmy Jones. Next shows. <laughs> yes, next shows. Hello, world. Welcome to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. Spencer Stoner is here saying weird noises. <laughs> yeah, that's... Well, well that's when, you're, when you're eating next shows, I mean... I, I think that's Romulan for Merry Christmas. I don't know. Right. It's, it's <laughs> <laughs> but exactly are Nachos. Nachos. Yeah. N-A-X-H-O-S. Nachos. I don't know, but they, taste, they sound tasty. Yes, they do. Okay. <laughs> uh, what are they? Eric, Eric and Whittier, California, is already online with me. Oh. Uh, chatting away. Uh, you, they were an oh. Eric thing. I got it. Okay. <laughs> it all makes sense now, huh? Yes. Yes. <laughs> There we go. Uh, anyway, welcome world. This is the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Spencer Stone is here uh, talking in foreign languages. Rob Nolte is behind the big board and prepared to Woo-hoo. take your calls. And I am your nuts and humble host of all things Pop Culture Kaboom, Jimmy Jones, here to run my mouth like I am right now. Uh, hey, stop making fun. No. <laughs> that is my job. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, tonight, we will give you everything you want, everything you need from pop culture entertainment with the latest news and information from the past week and some sneak sneak peeks at releases coming out for next week i messed that up for the last two weeks in a row and i wasn't going to prepare to do it this week the pop culture kaboom radio show is also your place on the radio dial to talk about your favorite fandoms regardless of what it is as long as it fits into these seven pillars of pop culture entertainment tonight we will be joined by quiz master scott from sporkle pub quiz with scott well, yeah, that's the whole name. Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott for our weekly Sporkle Pub Quiz question. A very morbid one this week, too. You can win a gift certificate courtesy of Dreamwell Comics in Carson City or two tickets to see the advanced screening of Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom at Galaxy Theaters in Carson City this Thursday at 3 p.m. Why so specific? Because it's the advanced screening, that's why. And yeah, because much after that, it would be just a screening. Yes, yeah, so you can just, uh, or a viewing, and you can just go and watch it. Uh, and uh, yeah, thanks, Eric. I have food, and you are stuck in the studio. Well, hey, you know what, Eric? <laughs> you hear that, Eric? That is a bag of candy. That's right. I got myself some good eats. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going to be riding a sugar high. That's right. To get me through that. And the crash. No. <laughs> Afterwards, yes. Anyway, uh, so yeah, if you want to go and see that, they also have a cons- Wonka Concessions collectibles prize pack for you as well. Ooh, what does that entail? Wow. Stuff. <laughs> is that who doesn't from, like stuff? Is that from Fandango? Yeah. No. Yeah. Uh, Galaxy Theaters. Ga- Ga- Galaxy Theaters. <laughs> Fandango. Yeah. Well, yes and yes and no. That's why I was like confused for a second. Um, they're located on the tail end. It used to be fan, kind of Galaxy Theaters at Fandango, but mm-hmm. now it's just Galaxy Theaters. Oh, okay. so I guess they kind of separated themselves, not physically because they're still attached to the right. casino. But yeah, um, so yeah, uh, you get a, a, a tin, a Wonka tin, and I th- one other thing. I think a cup or something, a collectible cup. Nice. So nice collectibles. Because yeah. remember earlier this year that that one thing I think it was like Back to the Future when they were doing like a special screening. They had to like the popcorn tin for that, mm-hmm. and it like sold out, and people mm-hmm. were like selling that online for like a grand. So those things are collectible. 
Yeah. So uh, you can get yourself a uh, Wonka Concessions collectible prize pack. Uh, Quizmaster Scott Jones will be on to ask you a multiple choice question and provide you lists of possible answers. Call 775-515-4141 with the correct answer and you win. Guess the wrong answer and we hang up on you. But quickly call back in and guess again before someone else beats you to the answer. And once someone guesses the right answer, that person wins. That seems very... Very logical. Okay. We're, there can only be one winner. There can be only one. Um, just like the Highlander. <laughs> he has cookies and cake. Okay, yeah, I am jealous. <laughs> says, I'm going to make you jealous. I have cookies and cake. Just like the Empire. They have cookies. You ever hear that one? Yeah. yeah. Come to yeah, the dark join side. the Empire. Come yeah, to the dark side. We have, dark side. Yeah. We have cookies. Yeah. You know, they didn't say they'd share them. They just said they had them. Right. Yep. They so, didn't say what just, kind either. They're probably oatmeal raisin. <laughs> <laughs> I like oatmeal oh, okay. raisin. Yeah, so do I. Okay. Oh. So, yeah. Still a win. <laughs> All right. I guess. And uh, so, yeah. So, uh, you can only, you can't win unless you call and you can't call unless you're listening. And that's how that works. Uh, Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, will also be joining us to go over the coming movie releases, all three of them. And we will have a special appearance from renowned author Stephen H. Provo. Stephen H. Provo will be with us to talk about his latest book, which was just came out on Friday, called Christmas Nightmares Eve. And, uh, yeah, it is a perfect addition to any horror fan's Christmas list. That, uh, you can get it, and you can get it now. Speaking of, this is it, folks. You can now, if you now have officially six days left for your Christmas shopping. <laughs> Are you okay? I I'm turned the heat up in the studio. Oh, no. I'm just shuddering because Christmas is just coming so fast. I still have so much Christmas shopping to do. Oh. Wow. Really? Really? I fear, I fear the coming of time for not getting enough presents for everybody for Christmas. Now you kind of wish you had the Flash's ability, huh? I kind of do. Okay. Wait. Well, you know what? Tell them to call and you can just say this is your oh. Christmas present. You can get a gift certificate <laughs> at Dreammo Comics. Or, or Wonka Collector uh, Concessions Collectibles <laughs> Prize Pack. There you go. Um, so speaking of, this is it. Uh, so, yeah, if you uh, need any help, some ideas, <laughs> feel free to give us a call. We are here to help you <coughs> get that perfect gift for the pub culture connoisseur in yes. your life. Yes, not to help me, to help you. Yeah, I, I can't help you. Well, I can, maybe I can. Well, no, because because a couple of the gifts I have to get are for you know people who are in the studio. Oh, mm. I, I have ideas, but I just have to actually go out and do it, implement yeah, them, and implement uh, said ideas. <laughs> so you got the idea, just not the execution. Oh, for for the, for the, the particular gifts for the people in the studio, yes. Okay, I still got to figure that one out myself. <laughs> All right. Uh, so if you want to add your thoughts, comments. Or talk about your favorite fandoms or speak with our guests. Call 775-515-4141. And that phone number is good from anywhere in the world. But if you're too shy for the phones, you can send a direct message through the through the Pop Culture Kaboom Facebook page. I combined the two words, pop culture and pop and face. And, there's a <laughs> and, uh, and if you don't have time to comment during the show, well, you can still send us an email 24-7 by... Yep. And uh, the, to do that, just send your questions, comments, or concerns to popculturekaboom at gmail.com. But you have to follow the simple but very important instructions in the subject line. Put question, comments, concern, or my fandom. It has to be one of those four things in the body of the email. Please add your first name, no last name, 
is necessary. And I will not read email addresses on the air, so you have to put a name. Also include the city and state or the city and country that you live in. That is also very important. And fire away with what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have a specific question for uh, and it's like, I don't know why the people do that. It's like, uh, okay, um, can I get to where you're, you're, the city and state you live in? Mm-hmm. Why are you going to send some, uh, Why do you need that? I'm like... What am I going to send a hit squad? I, or, uh, I, or, <laughs> yes, I mean, yes. Come on, we're sending Scarface anyway, after you. Uh, so yeah, sometimes people get weird about stuff. Then fire away with us what's on your mind. I respond to each and every email. If you have a specific question for Spencer or Rob, I will forward the email to them to respond back to you. Bear in mind, emails are read on the air unless you specify for it to not to be, or you can't follow those really clear and simple instructions. So, Cliff from Bridge City, Texas. Cool. I really should have looked that up. Uh, confetti bomb gifts? Wow. Is that what you're going to get us? Confetti bombs? That would be fun. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm not cleaning this place up. Yeah, that, that, that would be the only downside. I don't even know where the vacuum cleaner in, this, in the radio station is, quite honestly. <laughs> I don't even know if the radio station has a vacuum cleaner. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. <laughs> okay. No, it ain't, because I don't want to know the answer. Oh. I have some issues. This is what Cliff wrote, by the way. I have some issues with the Godzilla Minus One movie you clearly overlooked. Okay. First off, they didn't explain anything about Godzilla. There were, there were island natives that knew of Godzilla, but they didn't bother to give any backstory at all about why he kept coming up to this island or even or when the island natives first started seeing him or anything. True. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, I that would have been some. I think that would have been useful information. Mm-hmm. Yeah, who knows? That, you know, maybe in the sequel, if there is a sequel. If but yeah. there is, yeah. Uh, but the director recently said he's not too interested in doing a sequel. So. Well, yeah, and continuity's it, never really been Toho's strong suit. Because it doesn't mean that there's not another director that can do it. I guess. I don't know. <laughs> unless, yeah, don't, unless Toho's I, like, no, we only have this director. That's it. <laughs> like, which they won't. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. I mean, Godzilla's been around for seventy years. I don't right? think he's yeah, going no, away. Exactly. Yeah, and it has not been the same director all seventy years mm. either. So that's right. A, that's for sure. Um, so yeah, I do think that's a good point. I mean, that, that would have actually been helpful because I was kind of curious about that myself. How long had Godzilla been around? Mm-hmm. How long has he been going up to this island? Why does he go up to this island? It clearly wasn't because he was there to eat people. Right. They didn't eat any of the Japanese people that were attacking him. He just stomped them and bit them and threw them across the island, which was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> well, he did. Yeah. <laughs> You're a nuisance. <laughs> yeah, basically. Like, I don't like the taste of humans, <laughs> says Godzilla. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> As he bites down. You got hands, buddy. Use them. Well, right. you know, actually, yeah, that's a good point. No, you have, I don't think I've ever seen Godzilla actually eat anybody. Yeah, he didn't. I mean, and then it was like uh, with the train thing. He looked like he reminded me of my dog when you, when my dog has a toy. He just like, ah, grabs it and walks around with it. <laughs> <laughs> that's what my dog does with toys. So, but yeah. anyway. Um, so, yeah, uh, good point. I, I, I can see that one, Cliff. Secondly, it clearly showed that Godzilla attacked several U.S. naval vessels on its way to Japan after the nuclear test. Given how imperialistic the U.S. military is, yeah, it's kind of funny because technically Japan was imperialistic because right. they had an emperor. But anyway... I think he meant militaristic. I'm going to let that one slide. Uh, They would have spared no expense, Cold War with Russia, or not to hunt down anything that sank even one of their ships. I I can almost hear like the 
<laughs> you know, and somebody saluting in the background while I was reading that line. Uh, the the movie would have and should have had the U.S. military doing a lot more to wipe out Godzilla. It made the film unrealistic to me. A movie about a giant lizard that was it, uh, made it that made it unrealistic. Okay. Yeah, and, and but, at the at the end when he's standing in knee high to Godzilla water, but is apparently two uh, uh, just standing over mm, a two thousand foot trench. That reminds me that wasn't real. That 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 wasn't the line. The line that the U.S. military well, didn't get involved is the line where it became but, unbelievable. Yeah, that's the okay. line he drew for that. <laughs> but one, here's yeah. the thing: like, I could okay, so I could see that if it was a American movie, like, you yeah, know, yeah. But it's like not an American movie. <laughs> so here, here's what uh, the uh, foremost expert on Godzilla in the world, Scott Jones, sent me uh, for that very thing, <laughs> which. <laughs> It explains why Godzilla had really big feet. Yeah, he had he had giant flippers. That's why he was able to uh, suspend himself above the uh, twelve thousand one hundred foot uh, crevasse or bottom of the sea. Was uh, these giant flippers? I told you he was waiting. Either he didn't that believe me or, when I said um, it, but you know. Yeah, so. Well, are you the foremost expert in Godzilla, sir? Either, I don't think so. Either that or that's the reason. <laughs> okay. Yeah. An atomic fart. Right. That's yeah. what keeps them afloat. Well, that would definitely yeah, it keep comes them up out there, one, yeah. It comes out both ends, apparently. Right. One's more like jet propulsion to keep them afloat. <laughs> uh, Picture uh, that um, one. Yeah. yeah. Um, Logistics are astounding, aren't they? <laughs> okay, uh, Cliff. Um, I know I am accused a lot of this, um, but and I know a lot of, uh, you guys, I'm glad you're sitting down. <laughs> <laughs> Because the words that are about to leave my mouth will probably floor you. Okay. Uh, Cliff, you do have to suspend disbelief. <laughs> Holy cow, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Wait, did I, did I hear that appropriately? <laughs> I don't know about appropriately, but yes, you heard that. Uh, well, come on, man. If you're willing to accept that you know, Godzilla's in a movie... Uh, certain things have to come into you know have to suspend it a little bit. But that's what oh. I mean. Like it's it's a Japanese movie. They're not going to be too intent on yeah. having the U.S. military save them. Well, you know, yeah, like... and, <laughs> yeah. And in World War Two, you know, you couldn't get everywhere within twenty four hours. You know, so you know yeah. the, the the we can just say you can just pretend that the U.S. government was on the way. They just didn't get there in time for the party. No, they they <laughs> no. Well, then then you'd have to say you didn't listen to the dialogue. Um, where they clearly said that the U.S. military was not going to intervene. Oh, yeah, I know, but that's oh. where... That's, oh, wait. <laughs> oh, 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 we got a caller. We got a caller. All right. Uh, hello, caller. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hey, it's Jim from Carson City. Hey, hey Jim, Jim from Carson City. How are you doing? <laughs> All right, I'm doing well. You guys are talking Godzilla. I went and saw it. Oh, and what'd you think of it? So, now... Com- <laughs> now Let's put this in perspective. Compared to all the horrendous crap that's out there right now, <laughs> I, I thought it was actually pretty good. Oh, okay. Well, it was, I mean, I mean, all I can ask for at this point, to be quite honest, I won't get political, is nothing woke in the entire movie. <laughs> Just put, I was grinning from ear to ear. It was wonderful. It actually um, had a decent story, huh? It, it was, and you know, it actually took some some thought to try and come up with how they were going to get rid of Godzilla. It wasn't just, we need bigger guns. And that, well, I mean, but they needed a bigger boat, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, they sure did. Right? <laughs> but, but, you know, the funny thing about the, you know, that sort of thing 
is so if you flash to the the beginning of the movie when they were on the the island of misfit pilots and mechanics, <laughs> um, I actually thought the smaller Godzilla before he became irradiated that was actually really cool. Yeah, yeah. I thought that version of him was pretty wild. I'd like to watch a whole movie with just that guy. Well, thanks for throwing a Godzilla prequel out there. Yeah. <laughs> like we needed that yeah. in the ether. <laughs> <laughs> now, so well, now speaking of that sort of thing, what did you think of the end when you know when the corpse was floating down to the bottom, and then you saw some signs of? Uh, all I could think was Godzuki. Oh, I'm, oh, uh, thanks uh, for being uh, bringing up <laughs> childhood tragic uh, <laughs> trauma. Um, I hated Godzuki when he appeared in that animated Godzilla cartoon. I was like, oh. And then when it got oh, to that man. part of the song, and I was like, uh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys know what I'm talking about. Uh, anybody, yeah. anybody born before 1980, Google it. The Godzilla animated series. <laughs> it was, it was, it was actually not a bad show. No. Just that whole Godzilla, Godzuki comic relief garbage. It was their scrappy uh, dude. Yeah, very scrappy dude. But anyway, no, um, I, you didn't. Did you hear the show last week when we kind of when we Only gave our review? Only bits and pieces. I, I had. I had I was in and out. I saw I heard ten minutes at a time about four or five times. Okay, good. Good. I was about to think you were in like in a coma or something. <laughs> I was in and out. I couldn't. See the eye of the beholder, I guess. Um, well, uh, that was kind of my big thing was that uh, they gave Godzilla a uh, Deadpool level of healing ability, so that he could yeah. heal from any wound. Um, period. So. I, I don't think Godzuki, Godzuki, but I think they, that, that that way they set it up for a sequel to have, you know, Godzilla just regenerate his whole body. The only questions in my mind from that is, you know, because there's going to be, oh, 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 you know, like the um, that meme with um, Leonardo DiCaprio from uh, that um, movie he did with uh, the beach. Oh, yeah, from no, the Shutter Island where he points at the screen going, oh. Yeah, well, yeah, I yeah. see that. Yeah, yeah. 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 That, that, and doing that meme, like, oh, oh, so there's. I recognize that reference. Yeah, yeah. I recognize that reference. There, uh, so is there going to be? Is it just going to be the, the normal size Godzilla from the island, or is it going to be the irradiated well, giant Godzilla? Well, or is well, there, he or is or still is each, irradiated. Or is each yeah. piece going to be another Godzilla? And now all of a sudden there's five hundred Godzillas. <laughs> well, that, that would explain that, that. That would be a way to explain, uh, you know, the, getting different Godzillas. You know, not necessarily space Godzilla, but you know, you could get uh, different monsters. <laughs> Mutations of them. Well, I was going to say, like, the different, you have, like, what, he shoots, what, green in this one, I think it is, or blue. Oh, it's blue. blue. It's, so, it's always, yeah. It usually is blue. Shin Godzilla but, was the first one to deviate to purple, I think. But then there was, like, the green one, and then... Yeah, and then uh, Godzilla, Godzilla X Are we describing Godzilla or lightsabers yes, yes. here? And then, I mean, and then in the yeah. new, and then in the new Godzilla X Kong, it's like red. Yeah, it's like pink. Yeah, pink so. yeah. Depending on if you got the hue on your TV right, it's pink. I guess I don't know. <laughs> now, um, I got to ask you guys too. Did you did you see that uh, movie everybody's talking about on Netflix? The Leave the World Behind. No, Leave not yet. The world Behind. No. Oh man! Well, the, let me. It's it's best summed up by a review that I read. Leave this movie behind. Ooh, wow, was, okay, that it sums was, it up all right. It is just. I mean, uh, let me save you uh, an hour and forty five minutes or whatever the heck it was. Terrible. <laughs> oh, we appreciate the heads up. Yeah, you saved me from even <laughs> oh, looking up the trailer. So yeah, it was. Yeah, it's like it's, who wrote this. I, that's what I say about so many movies nowadays. Who wrote that? <laughs> See, that's why I'm like gobbing onto this Godzilla movie because it was just absolutely. Oh, this one's for Eric. 
That's a bag of M and M's being opened, buddy. Yeah, but, yeah, this is actually yeah. Godzilla Zero One is probably the first time I actually cared about the plucky humans at all in a Godzilla movie. Yeah, I always wanted yeah. them to get eaten or something. I mean, I, I, that's including the MonsterVerse ones. Yeah, I didn't even care when Walter White died. Me neither, because they didn't show him. They showed Godzilla's foot, and an hour into the movie, you see his toenail. But anyway, uh, we got to go to a break. Um, hey, we got a really interesting uh, trivia question this week. You got to call back and try and get. Okay, sounds all good. All right, I'll, I'll be sure. I'll be sure to get it wrong. All right, <laughs> there's some optimism for you. All right, everybody, we'll be back I right have, after this. So don't, precedent. <laughs> <laughs> so don't go anywhere. More pop culture boom radio show coming up. It is time for the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, and joining us right now is Quizmaster Scott, and how are you, sir? I'm doing good. How are you? Um, all right. So if you are listening and you would like to participate in the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott, first off, uh, you got to live in the general area. Anyone can participate, though. Quizmaster Scott Jones will be, one, we will be here to ask you a multiple-choice question and provide you a list of possible answers. Call in to 775-515-4141 with the correct answer, and you win. Guess the wrong answer. We hang up in you, but quickly call back in and guess again before someone else beats you to the to the punch i guess uh when someone guesses the right answer that person wins and you can't win unless you call and you can't call unless you're listening so to know the question that is so what can you win tonight tonight you can win a gift certificate courtesy of dreamwell comics in carson city we also have your last chance to get two tickets to see the advanced screening of aquaman and the lost kingdom courtesy of galaxy theaters carson city this thursday december 21st at 3 p.m why so specific? Because it's an advanced screening. And you can also get a Wonka concession collector gift pack. And also also courtesy of Galaxy Theaters in Carson City. There are only seven days until Christmas. Both prices would also make great Christmas gifts. So something to keep in mind. So uh, were you listening to the uh, show prior to being on? Scott? I was at work. I'm sorry. Oh, that's a bummer. Because uh, I uh, could have really used you to field some Godzilla stuff. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, yeah. As, uh, oh, um, so how many different? Just to, so that, that since I just want to throw this out there, uh, it's not trivia or anything, but it could be. Um, how many uh, different variations of Godzilla's um, atomic breath? Uh, what color variations are there? Because I know Shin Godzilla had purple, but normally yeah. it's blue, right? Blue, uh, white, red. Um, and back in the, uh, 60s and 50s when he first started, it was not even a beam. It was a mist, more smoke than it was, uh, uh, a heat ray. But it was black and white, so it didn't matter. But, um, what, what <laughs> color was it? Uh, was it ever, um, uh, green? Uh, not that I know of. It was green in the animated, uh, Tri-Star Godzilla cartoon. Oh, the the one that was based off of the Matthew Broderick Godzilla? Yes. Oh, how hideous. Okay. Okay, yeah, so no, that doesn't count. Yeah. 
<laughs> that don't count at all. Um, so, I mean, actually, in that movie, all he had was uh, halitosis. That's what it actually said. Yes, severe doing. halitosis. Severe. Even the even the cabs flew to try to get away from it. All right, Scott, you you sent me the you sent me this question in advance, and it is absolutely morbid. But anyway, it's going to be actually hilarious to actually hear people try and answer this. So, uh, go ahead and shoot with the questions. Uh, all right, this is this is holiday base, and I hope it's not too dark. But at the end of the 1964 animated classic Rudolph Red-Nosed Reindeer, the misfit toys are delivered by an elf, giving them umbrellas to float down to houses below Santa's sleigh. Which misfit toy was apparently thrown to their death? A, the ostrich riding cowboy. B the bird that swims in the fishbowl, C, the water gun that shoots jelly, D, the pink polka dot dotted stuffed elephant, or E, the train with square wheels on his caboose. Okay, so at the end of the 1964 animated classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the misfit toys are being delivered by an elf, giving them umbrellas to float down to houses below Santa's sleigh, which misfit toy was apparently thrown to their death. (laughs) The ostrich riding a cowboy, that's answer A. B, the the bird that swims in a fishbowl. C, the water gun that shoots jelly. D, the pink polka-dotted stuffed elephant. Or E, the train with square wheels on his caboose. Um, Spencer, go ahead and write down your answer now. Uh, And Rob? I already did. Uh, Well, I'm not psychic. Can you show me? <laughs> and you both are wrong. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's been years since <laughs> I, I've seen that. I haven't seen that since I was probably like five. So yeah, yeah me too. It's been a while. I'm a, I'm on a losing streak. Oh no! I know it's two in a row. <laughs> two in a row for you, Spencer. Ah, darn it! I should have gone with my gut. That was my. That was the one I was going to pick. <laughs> That one should have actually gone with an umbrella. But anyway. Yes. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So that is the question. And again, this week you can get either a guest certificate for Dreamo Comics uh, and tick two, a pair of tickets, two tickets for the advanced screening of Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom, and or a Wonka Concession Collector gift pack courtesy of Galaxy Theaters. Now, you can either get the tickets or you can get the Wonka Concession Collector gift pack. So if you're already going to the theaters, you can get either or. So uh, you don't get both. I don't think so. Maybe not. No. No. Okay. So your choice. Uh, And uh, so there's technically three that we're giving away this week. Um, uh, Yeah, that's about it. Uh, Thank you, Scott. Um, But yeah, uh, we'll uh, see uh, who... uh, who comes calls in and see what they give for an answer? Yeah. Uh, apparently, Eric decided to Google that. Uh, he puts green, white, yellow, red, blue, magenta, maybe. <laughs> as far as Godzilla's atomic oh, breath. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was painting Wait, his room. Does, does, it, does it say when he did green? No, he just writes down colors, and that's it. Okay. <laughs> Because the only time I remember him ever having green fire was in the animated TriStar uh, spinoff from yeah, the and, and that's, As we've determined, that does not count. That wasn't Godzilla. That was just Zilla. I don't remember. That was Zilla, red. yeah. <laughs> when did he have red? He had red in Destroyer. Uh, uh, yeah, because he was over because he was uh, overheating. Yeah. And he also had it at the end of uh, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla after he absorbed Rodan's life force. 
You absorbed Rodan's life force? Yes. Okay. Oh, not at the end of uh, at the end of Godzilla versus Mechagodzilla two. He absorbed uh, Rodan's life force, and then um, he used it on Mechagodzilla. And then at the end of Godzilla versus Space Godzilla, he used it on Space Godzilla. Wow, okay. as like a finishing move. So he just kind of siphons life force out of his friends. Oh, now, it's huh? kind of it's kind of like the spirit bomb in <laughs> Dragon Ball Z. Yeah, get, it's, I suddenly have. He's got to get the spirit from somewhere. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, I want to say this about Legendary. They they haven't been too original with with uh, a lot of their stuff. <laughs> no. No, I, I did appreciate in the first one, though, where, where basically Godzilla just did his, his atomic breath right down the throat of the Modu. You know, that was pretty cool. You never, I've never really seen him do that close range of, a, of an atomic breath before. That was pretty awesome. That was awesome. I thought that was awesome. But I didn't think his atomic breath in that movie was very effective for anything. It didn't seem like it was doing very much. No, Godzilla's atomic breath, it's kind of one of those deus ex machina things that's as powerful or as weak as they need it to be. As the script requires. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. I mean, it, <laughs> Either those, either that or those mudo, moto, mudos, mudos, mudo, yeah, mudo, m u t u, yeah, mudos, yeah, pretty tough because you know because in the next movie he blasted a hole all the way to the center of the earth, so, well, he rested up, and, you know, had a good solid breakfast that day, and a deep breath, and a deep breath, yeah. <sighs> he used his asthma inhaler, okay, <laughs> put his flippers away. By the way, that was a funny um, meme set you sent me about Godzilla and his being able to fly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott. Did you show everybody? Uh, I showed uh, the yep. gentleman here in the studio, yeah. yeah I, the, I can't uh, show the listening audience because it's radio. Yeah, the, no. yeah, the, the, the atomic fart one was... Uh, <laughs> that, the, the logistics are astounding to me on that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes guessing. sense. That one. Uh, no, no, it doesn't. <laughs> Now that's going to give people ideas to give them flight. Yeah. <laughs> that's already happening. Right? Now it makes me question Gamera, actually. But anyway. <laughs> but anyway, all right. So we will talk to you next week. Thank you for the uh, ask for Rob. Oh, uh, Eric wants me to ask you what you think of uh, Monarch. Monarch? I love it. Um, I guess, so what, episode six just recently yep. came out? Episode six, was, yep, on Friday. Okay. Yep. But, yeah, I'm about to watch it. Oh. oh. <laughs> well, then you can get off the phone. You ain't listening to the show. <laughs> um, all right, Scott. We'll talk to you later. Okay. All right, see bye, you. Bye, bye. Yeah. All right, so. Just for everyone else, here's your spoiler yes. alert. Um, okay, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, it's more on continuing the storyline with um, his daughters, although we learn now that um, they are actually calling um, – they have a device – that can they call it the Titan phone? So it basically it mimics gamma radiation, and so they can basically like send it out and then get a call back. And so they're using it, and they actually get Godzilla to come. Gamma, yeah. It sounds, it sounds like more like the Hulk phone. I know. I, I was gonna say. Um, yeah. So it's it like, with Marvel. It's pretty now, cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, yeah. So they have a. And they introduced the Monster Island a concept. Monster Island. Yeah. Ooh, okay. Yeah. So, which is good because, like, that's you know, hasn't been officially announced in like the regular monster verse. Oh yeah, because so. you have Skull Island, but you didn't have the full-on monster island. Right. Yeah. So, so I got a question for you since you're watching the series. So the cliffhanger, what was it? Episode five, episode four? Uh, they like baited Godzilla to walk up to a nuclear bomb and set it off. Oh, that in was his like face. episode two. 
Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was back there somewhere. Yeah, that was the, that was the U.S. government basically, yeah, getting rid of it. They they wanted to get rid of it. Yeah, so, so I guess you survived that. Oh, yeah. They, they didn't go. They, no, because they, they started going <laughs> off on the different Titans, and then that's where Godzilla just reappeared now. So, and that was the thing is Lee Shaw's character was like, um, we didn't kill him. And so it ended with them going to um, finding out that the whole government shifted who's now head of monarch and um because he has like we have to tell them that we didn't kill it you know they, they have to do my job as you know my soldier job and it was my soldier job yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> we have to you know these are the people you know we have to tell them that what's going on and he went to go tell him and it's like oh we have a new shift and it's like the guy who does not like monarch is now in charge hmm. so should be interesting. Yeah. That's how it like went. Dun, so the dun, guy dun. who doesn't like the organization is in charge oh, he wants of the every, organization. He, well, he wants everything to. He doesn't understand why the funding's there. You know, it's yeah. Why do we need the funding? All that jazz. What are you supposed to do with this organization? As there because of these giant monsters. He doesn't believe that they exist. That's the issue. Yeah. What kind of a that, proof does he need? One to step oh, on his head? That's the, that's the, that's the whole catch-22 is that this whole episode was dealing with, is that they're like, okay, we have to go get funding. Yeah, but we can't get funding without proving that these exist. <laughs> like, <laughs> Okay. Yeah. So the bomb being set off in Godzilla's face. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, they lit off like they lit, like their whole arsenal of nukes. Like, well, <laughs> if it's anything, if it's anything like Godzilla movies in the past, he's had, he's had a history where he's been able to absorb radiation and it's just right. made him stronger. Yeah. It's kind of like when uh, the, the the god of the sun Apollo punched Superman, and and you know Superman absorbs solar radiation, so he's like, like, you don't know anything about me at all, do you? So then he ended up punching Apollo, you know, out of, of the atmosphere so it's kind of the same effect you they think you're being real real bad bag big meanie guy when you're using all your power but the problem is it's the same kind of power that feeds you feeds the other guy no idea where that came from well no like uh (laughs) well radiation feeds godzilla i know that sunlight feeds superman i know that and apollo the god of the sun but i don't know where 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 where, what triggered you to go off on this? Well, it, it, because it made you because it just made, basically your your best attack fuels the thing you're trying to attack. Okay. So basically, it's super Basically, you get a supercharged Godzilla, and and in the case of the Apollo and Superman thing, you get a supercharged Superman. Yeah. Okay. So the question I was actually going to ask. <laughs> that's why I was like, oh, wait, I wasn't going to ask that. I, I thought you were like trying to read my mind. Uh, no, no. Just, okay. Just talking. Just talking about the radiation thing. Um. So was that supposed to be in the past or in the present? That's the past. Okay. Yeah. Because I know that so, they're doing this whole yeah, time it's, jump it's, thing. Yeah, but it's, I didn't it's know in the past. Yeah. What... And that's when we find out that Lee Shaw actually had a romance with the uh, doctor from Japan before. <laughs> Brown chicken. Before Brown Bill, Bill Randa. Yeah. Ooh. Before so, who? Bill Randa. J- Bill Good. Uh, Bill Goodman. <laughs> John Goodman's <laughs> character. Someone had a romantic oh, yeah. relationship. So you have to with see him? the show. It's so complex. There's so much going on in yes, there. Yes, there is. Way too much. <laughs> I can't track it now. I have no idea what's going on. But you know, like John Goodman's character from the movies, right? Uh, only that one, yeah. Yes. Kong, right? Mm-hmm. He was yes. So he's, he was his character is in the MonsterVerse Monarch show. Okay. And so he actually plays a prominent role in the past. No, and, I, was, I was just about yeah. that. So he's in the and past his, portion. Yes, okay. his kids are the roles in the future, or the present. Yeah. So. And uh, 
This is the one with Kurt Russell where he's mm-hmm. where yeah. his kid is yeah. playing the younger version of him. Yeah, in the it's past. cool because yeah. in the credits it's all it says Wyatt Russell in the role of Lee Shaw, and then it fades out Kurt Russell in the role of Lee Shaw. <laughs> okay, very uh, complex Apple TV. It's good. Yeah, that, there you go. Well, yeah, Apple well, TV. Well, that's what I want a lot for Christmas. Of cerebral no, shows. Like. Well, it's it's pretty, it's pretty interesting actually. You know, the time, because all these pieces, all these movies are so disjointed that it's interesting that they're bringing the show together to kind of give them an interconnecting yep. weaving fabric oh yeah yeah so let me uh, get off of this although i do this. tell you like we started watching this other show that is absolutely gung-ho nutso and hilarious what's that oh, what it's called it? Obliter- Ob- obliterated on netflix it's a it's a tv show it has um it's about the cia Operatives taking out a nuclear bomb supposed to go off, set off by the Russians in Las Vegas. Hmm. Absolutely hilarious. Why would they pick Las Vegas of all places? I don't know. <laughs> it, like, <laughs> it's the why is it the Russians? You know, like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of like in Stranger Things. Why are the Russians in Indiana? I mean, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's absolutely. Hawkins, hilarious indiana my wife i actually had to shut it off because i was laughing so hard i was gonna wake my wife up oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and she was and she'd fallen asleep watching it and so like we had to like restart which was no problem of mine yeah but um yeah it was absolutely i recommend it highly recommend if you need to get obliterated yep obliterated okay. i'll have to look that one up all right uh, so, upcoming stuff, there are now only 265 days until Carson City, Nevada's first ever pop culture and comic book convention, <laughs> KaboomCon! 97 Kaboom. to Now Productions will be putting on KaboomCon Saturday, September 7th, 2024, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Follow KaboomCon on Facebook to keep up with the details on all the vendors. Sign up for the art contest and the cosplay contest. Keep up on all the activity announcements and panels that will be taking place throughout the day and special guest announcements from Kaboom. KaboomCon 2024. A limited number of pre-sale tickets will go on sale January 1st at midnight through Eventbrite.com. And a portion of the proceeds from KaboomCon will go to Cold Nose Rescue and Sanctuary in Mount House and KNBC 95.1 FM Community Radio. And that music means that it is time for us to take a break. And we'll be right back. Don't forget, uh, if you would like to uh, try give a shot at that trivia question, uh, there's five answers available. Remember, if you get one wrong, it takes that answer off the board, yeah, leaving only four. And, uh, yeah, then you can call right back and try again. And keep trying until the end of the show or until somebody gets it right. 775-515-4141. And we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom, a radio show, everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Uh, Eric writes, so I hear, heard a rumor from the rumor mill. Um, that, it always makes me laugh when people use that terminology. I heard a rumor from the rumor mill. Because you yeah. actually picture a mill. Yeah. So, and if you heard it from the rumor mill, that means there's like actual words coming out of it. Yeah. It's kind of weird. In a way, if you yeah. think about it. Well, but anyway, yeah, you heard a rumor from the rumor mail. It sounds kind of redundant. A super, there, there is a new Superman film filming. Uh, yes, there is, Eric. It is called Superman Legacy. It is uh, basically James Gunn has taken over for Zack Snyder. 
as far as being ahead of all of the uh, movie production for the uh, DC. Uh, so it's called the DC DCEU. U. Yeah, you know, DCEU extended that was Zack universe. Snyder. That was Zack yeah. Snyder. It's, oh, yeah, now I think it's the DCU. Oh, is it just, 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 just DCU now? Yes, mm-hmm. DCU. Okay. So he's in charge of the DCU. Uh, they're going to be more interconnected with the comic books and all of the other television shows and other related media, um, supposedly, though they're also setting other things aside as uh, like the, the whole DC black label thing. So it's kind of confusing. But, uh, yes, there is. Eric, a new Superman movie is sketched, yep. slated to be mm-hmm. released in 2025. And they've already cast a lot of the main characters. Yes, they did. No pictures yep. yet. So basically, um, this week is, or, or coming up, is Aquaman, The Lost Kingdom. Kingdom. And it is the final film from mm-hmm. the considered DCEU, um, which is, uh, of course, the film legacy of Zack Snyder and with uh, DC Comics. Mm-hmm. So as he embarks on his latest one, um, Rebel Moon, which uh, we'll be able to watch this week. Mm-hmm. Yep. Which has gotten Shawell. horrible reviews. Oh, yeah. It's been <laughs> 19% on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, I know. <laughs> so somebody don't like it very much. So. Yeah, but I'm going to check it out just because it's kind of, it's kind of uh, fashionable to be, hard, to be hard on Zack Snyder right now. It is? Yes. Oh, well. You know, when something's deserved, it's deserved. Oh, yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, I don't know. I just have a feeling it's gonna, there's going to be a lot of long, like, unnecessary S- parts. Slow motion. <laughs> like, oh, oh, especially when, because there's an R-rated director's cut that's an hour that longer. That is another thing that is just like, absolutely <laughs> ridiculous to me. You are releasing a movie on Netflix. What in the world do you need to make a separate rated R cut for? I mean, come on. That is absolutely That's an hour longer. Okay, it's not even like, okay, two, three minutes, which normally is like the R-rated comes out to yeah. be, because they just, they add the gore back in, you know? Yeah, like RoboCop. Yeah, but no, it's an hour longer, so how much, more, I mean, um, uh, I don't know. I just, I've, I've, I just have a bad feeling there's going to be lots of, <sighs> move it along. <laughs> oh, well, his, like his version of Justice League. I hadn't seen that much mountain porn since Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I mean, why didn't Batman park his plane closer? Right. I mean, it took him days by horse to get to this village that Aquaman was at. Man, take your plane for Pete's sake. You're a billionaire. Anyway. <laughs> he had other like he had other like vehicles to choose from too. That I know. Yeah. There. Take the take the bat boat or something, a bat copter, anything but freaking bat horse or whatever you were riding. To ride with Wonder Woman, There's something. I mean, anything. Rollerblade well, faster. I well, mean, there's well, snow on all these mountains. You could have skied. Okay. Right. After after I watch it, I will give an honest review because since I am the only one who actually seems to be really looking forward. Oh, to I, it, I'm going to go. I'm going to see it. Watch it too. Oh yeah, but, uh, but I'll be on. I'll be I'll honest. Be... I won't. I will not do the rose-colored glasses. No, because it's Zack Snyder. No, I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. Okay, it's actually it's done by James Wan. So Rebel Moon. Oh wait, we're talking. Oh, I thought we were talking about. <laughs> I thought we were back to the <laughs> Aquaman. No, no. <laughs> we're so it's kind of back and forth. It's like playing, uh, you know, badminton. <laughs> Just gonna no, Rebel Moon. Yeah, I'll, I'll end up watching. I probably not this weekend though. Too much going well, on. It's, it's Christmas come out weekend. On Thursday, so I'll probably yeah. watch it just because it's out okay. on Netflix on yeah, Thursday. Yeah, but then, uh, yeah, Aquaman. The, the only thing that really annoys me about comic book movies in general, Thor is the biggest uh, Marvel 
equivalent to this is that the more sequels they're in, the stupider the character becomes. And the brighter the colors and the more, you know, I don't know why, why, why is it the last two Thor movies? And now the Aquaman movie is like everything's – Blue Beetle was the same way. It's like the worse the movie is, the more neon colored well, it is. Well, yeah, well, <laughs> well people complained about, uh, you know, Zack Snyder's muted color tones. So, of course, that's how they correct – they overcorrected it, of course. Oh, it's the new oh. Technicolor. Uh, techno bad that's for sure don't you remember yeah. technicolor <laughs> when that came out yeah <laughs> i just thought it was terminology because it was in color i didn't know it was like anything like... it's a specific thing it's oh yeah it was very oh, yeah. bright colors oh yeah especially on old go TVs, watch yeah, you could definitely you go watch the like the wizard colors. of oz right now because that's still played in technicolor in the theaters it's scary looking wow like okay. yeah <laughs> oh. see i've never seen it in theater i've only watched it on public television <laughs> so, all right. So, IDW Publishing is getting a new logo for its 25th year of publication in 2024. Wow. Congratulations, 25 years! Uh, you can tell because it's got a 25 on it. I don't know who the author of this is, but they are definitely on looking, it. They are definitely looking for that words per minute. Yeah, <laughs> uh, which means they will need another one for 2026. No, they'll need one in 25 years after that. So or 30 if they do 30 depending on how they Yeah. Cuz that's what some people that's what they'll do. They'll keep the 25 logo till they hit their 30 or Mhm. Yeah. I I I think so I guess that's just a an attempt at a bad joke. Originally founded, well, yeah, they'll will need it because they'll have to take it off. I mean, oh yeah, uh, so they can just go back to the old one. Yeah, I mean, how goofy! What a goofy sentence to even throw in an article. Mm-hmm. Anyway, originally founded back in 1999, IDW span out from employees, leaving Wildstorm and setting up in San Diego with 30 Days of Night by Steve Niles and John Temple Smith, kicking things off. With Lock and Key by Joe Hill and Gabriel Rodriguez, not far behind, with licenses that have included Doctor Who, Transformers, G.I. Joe, My Little Pony, Star Wars, Godzilla, Star Trek, and more. Beginning February 2024, all new IDW comics will feature a new logo crafted by Nate Widek, uh, IDW's Director of Design, which calls back to the publisher's classic logo and celebrates the company's history. IDW's co-publisher, Tara Mc. Krillis is proud of being surrounded by a team of enthusiastic people who adore comics and knows that will help IDW as it honors the past while paving a new path forward. I, and in quotes, helping IDW celebrate 25 years, and it is a true honor. IDW was started with the passion of a few guys in a small office that loved comics, and today we still hold true to that sentiment. IDW is filled with some of the most passionate comics professionals in the industry, and it is a pleasure to be able to share space with them and keep IDW moving forward toward the next 25! Big explanation mark. Uh That's why I had to say it like that. Understood. I'm thrilled to be part of the next evolution of IDW Publishing at IDW's co-publisher, Mark Doyle. We have some great plans to celebrate the past while building towards the future. We've got an amazing lineup of talent we're working with during this momentous, monumentous year. From some of the biggest names in comics to new voices who will become the superstars of tomorrow. I'm so excited for fans to read these great stories and learn about learn about our plans. IDW CEO Davia Jonas understands the importance of respecting the company's history while working to be a unique presence in the comic industry in the years to come. 
honoring the trailblazing innovators that founded, grew, and solidified IDW as a premier graphic publisher is both right and wise, stated Jonas. Uh, Robbie Robbins and Ted Adams are at the Foundation IDW. What? Uh, They deserve our deep appreciation and admiration, and we look for their example for guidance as we turn the next page to ensure that IDW's next 25 years return to being entrepreneurial, nimble, a fun place to work, to be in a in relationship with fans, partners, creators, and store owners, to be part of to be part of the beauty of the comics community. Beginning in 2024, IDW will also be releasing its very own solicits catalog for retailers, fans, and press to get a first look at what the editorial department has been building for readers. The first edition will release digitally this week, and future editions will release both physically and both release both physical and digital versions, which is kind of cool. Um, it'll help out a lot. I will uh, do my best to get somebody from IDW back on the show again. Um, since my last contact is uh, uh, retired from the comics industry, so he's no longer with IDW. But I will uh, see if I can get somebody else from IDW to come on and talk about their big 25 years on the planet. Cool. Yeah, that would be fun. I've, I'm, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to that. So I'll see who that's from this list I can go ahead and send emails to. So um, <laughs> that is the big story. So IDW around for 25 years. That's a big deal. Um they're not one of the. Uh, I think I think they're one of the top five types, mm-hmm. top six anyway, comic uh, publishers in the world. So congratulations to them on being around for twenty five years. It's a tough business. Oh yeah. So I've seen lots of lots of comic book companies come and go over the years. Yep. So there are a lot of weird X Men related rumors about around right now. Really. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Especially on Reddit, 4chan, Discord, and the like. Often they will take one uh, or two posts that Bleeding Cool has run and use them as bol- to bolster a bunch of unrelated nonsense that people believe because, hey, Bleeding Cool has reported one of the 10 points, right? Uh, which is true. I, yeah. I've noticed that a lot. A lot of people like are putting just garbage posts out there. Uh, well, it was on Bleeding Cool, and then you actually go to what Bleeding Cool said, and it absolutely uh, was not even close. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they'll they'll take a they'll take two words and make a paragraph out of it when those two words had nothing to do with what they were actually talking about. So anyway, well, uh, here's another point to watch out for in such listings because I'm going to give you the straight answer right now. So there ain't no garbage floating around out there. Well, there's going to be garbage floating around, but here's the truth. So when you're gathered around the water cooler tomorrow talking comic books, it's okay, Rob. You can laugh out loud. <laughs> It'd be cooler if you did. <laughs> yeah, I would. Hey, did you check out X-Men? You got to say it like that, too, like you're a lumberjack. <laughs> hey, did you check out X-Men? Hmm. Yeah, the adjective list or the uncanny. Yeah. Um, so uh, Bleeding Cool got the word that Marvel Comics is to launch a new series Weapon X-Men in March 2024. Mm. That's right. Mm. Anyway. (laughs) New characters or? (laughs) No. Um, It is a new take on the old Exile series. It will see the Wolverine from Age of Apocalypse. You know, the one with the Adamidium stump. Yeah. Yeah. Known as Weapon X. Leading a team of other Wolverines from different realities. (laughs) Oh, joy. (laughs) Just when Wolverine wasn't over overexposed enough. 
<laughs> tracking down Onslaught across the multiverse. Okay. Hmm. That's hilarious. Now, that sounded like an April Fool's Day joke. Yes, it did. But it, it ain't. It's, it's not April. But this one is. Oh. And this is going to be painful to read. Okay. I'm going to wait until he stops drinking because uh, otherwise he's yeah, going we to don't nose. want him to spit all over the yeah, board or, or drowned in the studio. That'll be a tough one to explain. <laughs> all right. So back when DC Comics was hiding Dawn of DC teasers in its press releases, uh, there was meant to be the return of the Justice League or the JL and a big push for Detective Chimp. Hmm. <laughs> Might the two have somehow been combined and JL actually stand for Jungle League. Because in March of 2024, DC Comics will be publishing their own DC's Ape Rule Special. A-P-E hyphen R-I-L. <laughs> Ape Rule Special ahead of April Fool's Day. With a banana-scented variant <laughs> cover as well. I am not making this up. I have the that little buffering circle just going in my head right now. <laughs> Okay, yeah. And now the joke is on me because I have to. Now I have to read the actual press release for this. <sighs> okay, you ready? That's a gimmick. No, well, it is. Well, a gimmick, it is a gimmick. <laughs> but yeah, this is just okay. That's like almost the textbook definition <gasps> of a gimmick. Wow. All right. Here's the actual press release. I'm going to read just verbatim how they wrote it. Oh God. Okay. Get ready to go bananas as we honor DC's story his storied history with mankind's closest relatives in this epic adventure. DC's Ape Rules Special, time to publish just ahead of Ape Rules Fool's Day 2024. It's going to be orangatastic to heat up a, I can't even pronounce this word, cappuccino. Uh, yeah, <laughs> prepare a batch of chocolate chimp cookies and get ready to read the one coming this year that's guaranteed to make you go ape. Oh, my God. <laughs> Ouch. Oh, wow. But wait, there's more. Oh, God. <laughs> <sighs> DC's Ape Rule special hits shelves on March 19th. Nowhere near April Fool's Day joke. April Fool's Day, anyway. Gorilla Grodd's recent incarnation nation in the pages of DC's The Flash comic book series le has left a void that Monsieur Mala is more than happy to fill. Assembling a group of the DCU's most sinister simians, Mala forms the Legion of Doom <laughs> with an eye toward a world domin ape shun, but the world won't be captured that easily. Enter the all-ape jungle league. Can this team of heroic anthropods be the salapeian we need, or will Malik's team of maniacal monkeys bring forth the apocalypse? DC's Ape Rule Special Number One, banana scented variant in all, forty-eight pages of the comic book goes on sale March nineteenth, twenty twenty-four. That hurt. That was so bad. <laughs> it was horrible. I, I am a fan of bad puns, wow. but. Dang. They and threw in every single one they could think of. <laughs> I mean, like, even ones that just so did not. Uh, even ones that so didn't work, but they yeah. kept. They embraced it. 
So if you missed any part of this show so far, if you'd like to catch it on recap, if you'd like to hear that again, I'm sure you won't. (laughs) Check out the Pop Culture Kaboom podcast, available on all of your favorite podcast platforms, uh, courtesy of 97 and Now Productions. And we'll be back with more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show after this, so do not go anywhere. Hello, this is the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Spencer Stoner. Woo! Rob Nault. Hello. And I, Jimmy Jones. That's me. Uh, uh, oh, he was going to correct himself. Okay. <laughs> he was going to put the what I put, but... Ah. Okay. All right. So, uh, Dark Horse Comics. Mm-hmm. They're doing some good stuff over there at Dark Horse Comics. And if you like prequels... Which uh-huh. you don't. But, I don't. Yeah. But uh, they've actually been doing something interesting because they've been exploring the world of Dune through mm-hmm. comic books and doing the different various houses, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the ones that aren't very big deal in the um, movies. So the ones beyond Harkonnen and Atreides. Mm-hmm. Correct. And uh, the latest one is going to be Dune House Carino. Hmm. Uh, is the new 33-page oversized eight-issue comic book series comics co- oh, comics from, oh, I'm sorry, Boom Studios, not Dark Horse, oops, what? in March of 2024, expanding the mythology of Frank Herbert's Dune and making the third and final official prequel to Dune adapted for, for, for comics by the novelists Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson and promises to unveil a closer look at the rising conflict between beloved characters and bitter villains. House Carino, once the deadliest house in the known universe as the Imperial family, set up the final pieces leading into the events of Dune and the fall of House Atreides. While conflicts escalated between the Fremen and the House Harkonnen on Arrakis, the Ben Gesserits keep a close eye on Jessica's pregnancy, and House Atreides takes part in a plan to seal ix's fate i ix's i guess that's right it's literally i and x mm-hmm. so it's always great to uh re- reach the grand finale we spent the last couple of years with boom and our artists to develop the visual interpretation of our prelude to dune trilogy groundbreaking novels that we wrote more than 20 years ago and now that we reached the adaptation to the final volume in in comic book form we have the characters and worlds already designed and established. Now in House Corino, it's time for everything to come together, said Brian Herbert and Kevin J. Anderson. They sit in unison, it's like you know, they had it shared, shared the same mind. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like the twins from The Shining. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't think they did. In a very real sense, these are the final days leading up to the tragic events of Dune. The final dominoes are being set up. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, basically, yeah. All right, so why don't we get into some of the comic books uh, that are being released this Wednesday, December 20th. There's only 11 days left in this year. Can you believe it? No. From Wednesday <laughs> to 20th. Yeah, no wonder you couldn't believe it. At least here I highlight the number one issues and or major story or anniversary issues that are being released because those are the ones that have the most value interest to collectors and investors. Don't base your buying decisions solely on my opinion. 
Yet after all, it's only my opinion to keep this list to a minimum. I do not include in a trade paperbacks, graphic novel collections, hardcover, softcover, volumes, or reprints. If you are an independent comic book company or creator and you have something coming out, please let me know by sending me an email at popculturegaboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming comics in the subject line and include in the body of the email. Put the publisher name, the title of the book of books, when the book of books will be coming out, and the issue number so I can add your book or books in the future. First up from a Blaze Publishing agent number one with a bank-busting 10 cover variants. What a way to start out the day. American Mythology Productions, 21st Century Santa Stories number one with a wallet-busting five cover variants. Antarctic Press has Interstellar Dust number one of four with two cover variants. Bad Idea has Destroyer number one. Boom Studios has Animal Pound number one of four with a wallet-busting eight cover variants. Dark Horse Comics has Borealis, Borealis, number one. That's just at Borealis. Not Aurora, just Borealis. Just Borealis. Uh, DC Comics has Joker, Harlequin, Uncovered, number one, one-shot, with a wallet-busting six cover variants. And Titans Beast World Tour, Central City, number one, one-shot, with three cover variants. I'm kind of interested now, because they keep saying that World Tour, and they keep going to different places that are familiar if you're familiar with dc comics right. um so i wonder if it's like a band <laughs> anyway where are they all hit metropolis and, and, uh, and gotham city and central city central and i'm sure they're gonna go city. to uh, yeah the, so it's a big yeah. tour a big band tour uh, idw publishing has godzilla rivals jet jaguar versus megalon number one one shot with three cover variants and that robot would get his butt stomped my Little Pony, Best of Flourish, Fluttershy, number one. Image Comics has Shift, number one, one-shot with two cover variants. Keen Spot Entertainment has Spellweaver, number one, with a wallet-busting six cover variants. Marvel Comics has Original X-Men, number one, with five cover variants. Hmm. <clears throat> well, original. There were originally only five X-Men. Maybe each variant cover is like Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Iceman, and Angel. Maybe. Or what are they considered the original X-Men? And if it was like the original X-Men, wouldn't that just be X-Men number uh, No, because it was a, the astounding X-Men was mm-hmm. number one. Or uncanny X-Men number uh, one? Uh, no, nope. X-Men was just originally adjectiveless. Then it became the uncanny X-Men. Or actually, no, I think it was uncanny X-Men was originally. Yeah. Hmm. Adjectiveless came out in the 90s. That's right. Rom and the X-Men Marvel Tales, number one with two cover variants. Star Wars Revelations, number one with four cover variants. Scout Comics has Maze Agency, number one with two cover variants. 13 Origins, Pyroclast, number one with two cover variants. And Total Party Killer, number one with two cover variants. Titan Comics has Life is Strange, Forget-Me-Not, number one of four with a wallet-busting six cover variants. If you heard the Life is Strange before, that's probably because you've been listening to this show for a while. <laughs> and we've mentioned it before because they've uh, expanded into the game universe. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Xenoscope Entertainment has Bell Annual Apex Predator, number one, one-shot with four cover variants. And Hydra, number one, one-shot with four cover variants. And that is all that's coming out this week, the second to the last week of the year. Mm-hmm. All right, so BAFTA, you know what BAFTA is? Yep. Okay. Uh, 
So BAFTA decided to release a complete list of all of their best games of 2023 as a prelude to the 2024 BAFTA Games Awards. The company ran down 60 games in alphabetical order, showing off what each of them had achieved in their eyes over the course of 2023. The actual nominees, though, for these BAFTA Awards will be announced in March, followed by the awards in April. Until there are 60 games listed, I'm not going to read them all, but pretty much if it was a big game this year, it's on that list. So I'll just go and check it out. And it was a good year for games this year. Starfield, mm-hmm. uh, the Mortal Kombat 1, um, what else? Baldur's Gate 3, yeah, Spider-Man that, 2. That, that was on that list, too. I saw uh, those. Diablo 4. That was on that list. Mm-hmm. Uh, Resident Evil, that remake. Uh, yeah, the remake of 4, yeah. So, yeah, there's a, basically all the big games are on there. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, so kind of have to be almost, I think. Let's all take a moment of silence. After the past few years to try to resurrect the corpse of the Los Angeles event, the Entertainment Software Association has finally killed off E3. E3. In true mm-hmm. ESA fashion, the group did the bare minimum of letting people know they had decided <laughs> to end the, con- the convention by posting a notice on Twitter slash X that simply said, and I quote, after more than two decades of E3, each one bigger than the last, the time has come to say goodbye. Thanks for the memories, GGWP, whatever that means. The news honestly doesn't come as a shock to anyone after having Sony pull out of the event in 2019 to do their own live stream event, followed by Microsoft's decision to hold all of their events at the, at the then Microsoft Theater next door to the Los Angeles Convention Center. Many people were already declaring the event dead before 2020 came around. Then the pandemic hit, causing the event to be canceled. That trend uh, continued every year until 2023 when the organization partnered with ReadPop to revive it. But due to several complications, the deal fell apart just before they were set to hold it. And the event was once again canceled. The ESA then said they would take 2024 off and be back in 2025. While E3 was attempting to come back, Jeff Knightley, who used to run the E3 Coliseum, split off and eventually started Summer Game Fest in 2020. That turned into a physical event for for the press and content creators in 2022, hearkening back to what E3 used to be before organizers made the call to allow paid ticket holders to take part in the event, a move that many say, including us, greatly impacted the charm and effectiveness of the event until its last year. While E3 failing to come back... SGF basically replaced them in the process by simply existing and holding yearly live streams. Now that E3 is done, it looks like SGF will be the summer game convention moving forward, which now begs the question, do we really need a convention to happen in the middle of summer in Los Angeles? Is it even necessary to hold 30 live streams across four weeks featuring hundreds of video games? The entire reason people kept gravitating to June is because of E3 and its possible return if E3 isn't around and June holds no real significance for anyone anymore. Wouldn't 2024 be a great time to change the way things are done? Period. Hopefully that'll put the... uh, That'll, that's uh, put into consideration over the next two months before everyone starts jam-packing June with so many announcements that they just blend together and nothing ends up sticking out anyway. Yeah, makes sense to me. I mean, why keep, you know, what worked in the past is obviously not working now, so you might as well start switching things, changing things up. Yeah, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, 
Crystal just tuned in too. Oh yeah, Crystal mm-hmm. said. Oh, I'm sorry, Crystal wasn't the one who said that was epic. Apic. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Apic. Uh, okay. All right. So here are the cons and events I was able to find going on worldwide the week of December 18th through December 24th. A uh, big majority of them I will not be able to pronounce. So uh, Spencer's going to be taking over the whole thing this week. I cannot stress enough that if you do not go to these events, they will stop happening or will not return to your area. So if you're thinking, I'll go next week, next month, next year, they may not happen near you ever again, period. If one or more of these are near you, go check them out. And if they are not, check your local game, hobby, and comic book shops for great events going on in your area. If you have or know of a pop culture event coming up in your area that I can add to this list, please contact me at popcultureboom at gmail.com. Put upcoming event in the subject line and in the body of the email. Include the name of the event, the date or dates it will be running, and where it will be taking place so I can add it to my upcoming list. One little caveat. Uh, if you do send me an event, please make sure that it is far enough into the future that it is not the same day that I'm doing the radio show because that does not work. I do, yeah. do them at least a week in advance to give people time to prep for them. So uh, take it away, Spencer. All right. December 20th through the 22nd is Holiday Matsuri 2023 at Orlando World Center Marriott in Orlando, Florida. Uh, December 22nd is OtakuCon 2023 at the Green Screen Drive-In Cinema in Harare, Zimbabwe. Winter, uh, December 22nd through 24th is the Winter Fury Fusion 2023. It's going to be in the Crown Plaza Shanghai Jiang Lake in uh, Shanghai, China. And December 23rd is Night at the Ramada 2023. It'll be at the uh, Ramada by Wyndham South El Monte in South El Monte, California. And last but certainly not least, uh, on December 23rd through the 24th is Comic Fiesta 2023 in the Kuala Lumpur Convention Center in Kuala Lumpur, Malaysia. I'm surprised there's not more overseas cons actually going on this weekend. Well, a lot of people celebrate uh, Christmas overseas. Well, if, yeah, if, if not Christmas, there's a, there's many different variations on the holiday. And it's almost summer there, too. In the, in the Southern Hemisphere, absolutely, exactly. yeah. So. All right, so Netmarble has launched a brand new closed beta test for Paragon the Overprime. The Overprime? Yeah. You guys are jumping with excitement at this one. As this one is currently an exclusive to PS5, running all the way through January 8th, players will have a chance to experience a limited form of the game with new heroes. If you played the PC test it will be about the same thing uh, with some added features they're experimenting with on console. <clears throat> if you want to take part, you can go to the game's website and click the form to apply for a code. What is Paragon the Overprime? What is Paragon the Overprime? Hey, that's a lot better, actually. Uh, Paragon the Overprime is a team-based TPS action MOBA, M-O-B-A, that anyone... Massive online battle arena. That anyone can play for free on PC and will be available via PlayStation. But it won't be free, I can guarantee you that, <laughs> if it's on PlayStation 5. Uh, players are engaged in 5x5 five five play while working with teammates to conquer the prime battlefield. The game celebrates strategic actions and fast-paced battles by two teams aiming to eliminate the opponent's territories. Players can choose from one of the, of the many powerful heroes utilizing their own their unique skills warrior support ranger caster tank and assassin this new cbt closed beta test adds three new heroes from the pc version featuring morgish yin and marty additionally based on player feedback 
Uh, several changes have been made for the upcoming uh, CBT, including an alternate D-pad layout to provide a more flexible control method, an auto-purchase feature for in-game items. I don't like auto-purchase. No. Wow. That would that is bad, as well as uh, various improvements to the UI and camera movements used by the controller. Joining this closed beta test will reward players with Grook's special winter skin, red nose, which will carry over to the live game, special emotes, and 100 kima. During the second week of the CBT, five of the winter 2022 skins will be rewarded to participants. Additional rewards are planned to celebrate the new year as well. To celebrate the game's one-year early access, every player, including those on PC, will receive Grux's special winter skin red nose to celebrate the year-end season. The Agnes of Light will be decked out with the winter theme with five holiday skins added as well. Hmm. I just do not like playing these kinds of games. Me neither. So, yeah, I'm not a big MOBA guy, but, but I don't know. It's a, you know, betas are, can be fun. No. I'm not a big... Uh, you know, I've played a couple of beta games like uh, Star Wars, uh, the, old, the Old Republic, SWTOR, mm-hmm. that, that uh, MMORPG that's out for yeah. Uh, EA. Yeah. Um, I beta tested that thing. Um, yeah. I was highly disappointed, mm. but you know, I had to be, I had the statue, the dark um, malice uh, statue, and everything that the whole oh. big old GameCube came with. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, I was I was so used to Star Wars Galaxies, and I'm like, oh, everything's on rails now. I can't pick a ship. I can't do this. I can't do that. I'm so disappointed. This isn't my Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, I sound like one of those. I did. I really did. And I don't care. Anyway, uh, we got to take a break. And when we get back, it'll be movie time with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. And the phone lines are still open, 775-515-4141. If you want to take your shot at the trivia question this week, I'm surprised Eric hasn't taken a shot at it. Yeah, um, actually, he usually, he's usually guessed by now. Yeah, but he hasn't even taken a shot at it. I guess he doesn't. Well, didn't he say he was Googling it? Maybe, maybe he realized he cheated and you know feels guilty now. Um, I don't know if that works that way. But anyway, we'll be back with more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show right after this. Yeah. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Each week, the film powers that be release dozens of movies, some of which you will ne- hear never, you'll never hear about. I was just thinking about that line. He released dozens of movies, except this week. Uh, some of which you will never hear about, except here. Each week's upcoming releases are carefully picked over from Rotten Tomatoes, and up to five films are selected from genres that I would watch, and those genres are action, adventure, horror, science fiction, anime, or fantasy. And that's pretty much it. With that in mind, we sit through some of the most hideous trailers ever made and we'll read you the synopsis of each film then give you our not so humble opinions bear in mind we are not professional movie critics we're just overly opinionated blowhards but mr tony sanfilippo of filippo's horrible reviews is you can catch all of tony sanfilippo's reviews of concerts television shows and movies at filippo's horrible reviews and how are you saw hey i'm doing good jimmy how you doing man i'm all right jaguars are uh, currently losing but that's okay yeah, not bad though. Only three points. That's good. It is not like my Broncos last night, forty-two to seventeen. Pretty, pretty ugly. Yeah, so, still uh, not the worst not showing bad. of the year, you know. 
Yeah. Yeah. No, it's not that. I think. Well, that still goes to the Broncos, the Dolphins. Uh, we, but it was close. Uh, I mean, the so, Chargers gave it a run. That was bad. <laughs> the Chargers yeah, Raiders I was, game I was, was really close. hoping the Raiders were just going to stick it just a little bit more, but they didn't. Yeah, you'd hope that little knife in the gut there just do one more little quarter turn, but they didn't. Just a little bit. Yeah, now they're all screaming doom and gloom because we fell to seven and seven, and we're just in the hunt. But we do have three. I want to say, I don't want to, you never can say any team's easy because any team can win. I mean, the Panthers won today. I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> we have the Patriots next on Christmas Eve. And then we have uh, the Chargers and the Raiders. So, you know, you I was know, laughing pretty hard. The next three. I was, la- I, was, I was laughing pretty hard this morning when I turned on the TV and saw that the uh, Patriots were beating the Chiefs at first. Oh, <laughs> I, I was, know. I was, I was laughing. One. I, I was. I was. I was. I was waiting for Mahomes to just like have his head explode <laughs> at that point, you know. So, but yeah, well, and you're gonna be proud. Your crowd, I can see they have a full stadium. I'll I'll leave this on a football note because I know we got movies. But today in Carolina, they had less than a hundred. I am not making this up. Less than a hundred people in the stadium. Tickets were going for as low as forty six cents. Wow, that's pathetic. Pathetic. Uh, yeah, come on, people. For national football. It's bad. Win or lose, really rain bad. or shine, and it was raining though. It was it was pretty yeah. horrible weather there. So. Yeah, I was gonna say Bronco fans still show up even if the team's a turd sandwich. They still they still back the stadium. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah, come on. That's people. how we do it down here. Uh, yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, if they start paying for you know fans to from Panthers fans to fly out there, maybe they'll uh, have a be able to. Maybe. The well, they're gonna have to do something. <laughs> you know, at that point, just open the thing and just say free. Like high school football game. Just come on out and check us out, you know? And they would have, you know, people would have seen it in their second win. Yeah. You know? And it's, not like they're not making, it's not like they're not making their money off of the concessions there at these stadiums either, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, okay. So uh, here at the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, we do utilize a carefully crafted and patented movie rating system, which goes as follows. If it is worth seeing in a theater at full price, it is a good, not a great. It is be determined by you if you choose to see it in a theater. If it is uh, worth watching in a theater as a matinee or in your town's cheap theater, it is a so-so. If it's worth seeing on a streaming service or as a rental or however you choose to watch the film while avoiding social interaction, it is a blah. And if it is deemed so awful, you should wait for it to be on public television. It is considered a touch brown because FCC regulations say we can't use profanity. So uh, three, no words here. three movies this week. And, uh, How lame. Three. I couldn't believe it, man. And even with the streaming services, there's just not, you know nothing coming out this week. It was, it, you but, think like they would want to... Phil, knowing that people are home with their families, you think you'd want to fill a little more on the streaming. I get maybe theaters, but you think you'd probably want to put out a few more movies coming out for Christmas. Actually, I mean, a good point. People are home with their families. families. You know, fill that theater yeah, up with good like, movies. It's like a yeah. great time to to release something. Yeah, yeah. Get the family, get out of the house, away from the family. But anyway, so let's uh, start off with uh, the uh, throwing a. Salar. We're taking a cue from uh, Zack Snyder. Salar. Salar. Part one, ceasefire. Uh, one word, one sentence uh, synopsis, which is fine. A gang leader makes a promise <laughs> to a dying friend by taking on other criminal gangs. Okay. 
Nessie synopsis. I have no idea what this movie is about. Some old man babbling something like a drunken sailor and that I guess is supposed to be in English. Man, I should have turned on the YouTube subtitles. I heard something about Jurassic Park. I don't know what he was talking about. I have no idea uh, what he was talking about. Why a crowd of mad gun-toting thugs were surrounding him in his car. Why he was acting like he was immortal and none of it mattered. Or what was going on in those cutscenes. Or why they mattered to whatever that old man was saying. I'll waste my time. Tra- I'll waste my time translating Nirvana lyrics to English before trying to watch this. I'm giving it a touch brown. <laughs> Tony, what say you? Oh man, I'm glad you felt the same way because uh, when it started going, the subtitles were in Japanese or Chinese. <laughs> it just it was not in English, and on top of that, the film wasn't in English, so I didn't know what the heck was going on either. Oh, see the, the, the trailer. Down. The trailer I watched was in English because mm-hmm. uh, the guy said it. I, I said it in simple English. I'm like, is he the Tasmanian devil? How is this even close oh, to being English? No, I didn't understand a word he said. I was like, is he trying to be like Jack Nicholson, like uh, from The Departed? Like he had like the backwards little cap and he's sitting there with all the guns on him. But I digress. This is what I jotted down. From the makers of KGF comes a foreign movie with subtitles, but they're in Japanese or Chinese. And so is the language. So who knows what's going on? So I'll make it up myself. A rebel with a bloody knuckle, a ne- bloody knuckle, a bloody knuckle <laughs> is a street fighter that's better than Ryu or Ken. Will he survive the underground street fighting ring, or will he lose his intercontinental championship? Tune in this Monday to find out on Monday Night Touch Brown. Oh yeah, brother! <laughs> yeah, I have Touch Brown, man. <laughs> Rob, what say you? Um, sure. This, um, yeah. <laughs> Um, I, I'll, I'll tell you this. The only thing I remember is me and my wife just looking at each other going like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> Rob, I love it. You're just, yeah, sure. Okay. It was so, I don't even know what was going on. And then, of course, the simple English was just him spouting pop culture references. It was? Yes. That's all he did. He was Jurassic Park. It was, I mean, he had, he threw something in there. So he did say Jurassic Park. Yeah. He did say Jurassic Park. It was all pop culture. It was single pop culture. I was like, I don't understand. That's where we were like, what is going on? Um, Yeah. Touch Brown. I have no interest. (laughs) Okay, Spencer. I love that Jimmy was like, wait. It really did. <laughs> it sounded like it. I'm like, there's no way I heard that right. Yeah, I no, mean- no. It was, there was, that's all it was. Was It was pop, the Jurassic Park was like the most prominent one, but it was just all pop culture references to like, obscure, like random things. Wow. That made okay. no okay. secular like. <laughs> okay, I, I will do my best to help make the trailers make sense. This is not going to help much because there wasn't much there. Good, uh, I guess I was like the one person that was lucky enough to actually get the English subtitles on, on initial viewing. But I just the old guy's voice amused the crap out of me. It was like I will speak this in simple English. A lion. <laughs> A cheetah. You said a lion? Yeah. yeah. A lion. <laughs> a cheetah. An elephant. An elephant. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah. 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 It yes. was not yeah. Jurassic Park. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Basically, he, he lists all those and goes, these animals are all very dangerous. It's like, okay. Except in Jurassic Park. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> it's, like, it's like, and that's because they have... And, he, and that's when he cut it off. 
Good. <laughs> and all it did is show bloody knuckle guy. <laughs> Yeah, and then the that guys running with the guns. Yeah. and then the guys running with the guns. It's like that's the whole trailer. <laughs> and, um, and this trailer's been, and they're to- touting that this thing's been viewed 1.5 million times. Yeah. Well, and you know, it looks There's like a, a, it, it, I think it's an Indian movie. Well, yeah, but, there's a lot of people yeah. in India. <laughs> yeah. and, well, uh, I can't wait for Salar Part One. Well, like, apparently, like, the guy was like the guy that the when they were advertising the main actor or whatever. He was like big star, like. You know. Well, yeah, it was probably like like an equivalent of Jean Claude Van Damme or something. Yeah, that, so that, that's that yeah. Of the woods, but uh, anyway, yeah, focus, but, focus. <laughs> but anyway, um, the, the only thing that went through my head watching this entire thing is uh, from a scene from Crocodile Dundee Two. Where this guy's just sitting there drinking a beer, and a criminal comes up and goes, "Who are you?" Well, I'm looking for a friend of mine. That's like, well, you, you want beer? It's like, no, you should have brought a gun instead of a beer, mate. I don't need a gun. I have a donk. It's like, what? A donk? And a big muscly guy comes in and punches and punches the criminal in the face. <laughs> That's that sounds like the entire plot of this movie. Hi, I have a big, I have a big mean guy. <laughs> so, um, I'm sure. It'd be a great mindless action movie, but I I'm not teased enough to actually care enough, so I'm going to go have to go touch Brown too. <laughs> wow, I just got oh, your Hey, thanks, Tony. I just got your uh, Jar Jar Binks. Uh, oh yeah, I saw. I meant to send that to you during the commercial break. I saw that. You can't unsee it though, right? Um, I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, I was going to say. Only think of that. When they're not winning, like when they're winning, just don't think about that. But when they're they're sucking, Misa you know? not so good. <laughs> yeah. Misa played the Ravens. All right, Tony. Oh, no, Mister Khan be up very upset. <laughs> what what is next? Okay, all right. Well, guess the next one, the two big ones this week. But this is the other one. Uh, migration. This holiday season, Illumination creators of the blockbuster Minions, Despicable Me, Thing, and the Secret Life of Pet comedies invite you to take flight into the thrill of the unknown with a funny, feathered family vacation like no other in the action-packed new original comedy, Migration. I don't know about action-packed, but, uh... Well, a bird does get hit by a bus several times. Yeah. That Aquafina duck. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a story of ducks flying away for the winter, and it's from Illumination, who brought you the amazing Super Mario Brothers movie, Despicable Me, as well as others. I like Illumination. They do have some pretty funny stories. They have good humor. And I did chuckle at the part where the little duck was like, what's duck la la orange? It's la orange. But yeah. with you. It's you with the orange on top. Kind of chuckle. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I definitely don't want to go to theaters to see this. I do like Illumination, and I would probably watch it at home, so I'll be nice. I'll give this one a block. Wow. You're a better man than I. <laughs> I didn't think you would say it. If you said law, I'd say hell froze over. I, I, I just wouldn't expect it from you, buddy. No offense. I, I know where you're going with it. I'm Not starting to think wrong. this is actually a great segue because this is at my actual uh, what I what I put for this. I'm starting to think that I'm not a family friendly, family oriented animation kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> nope. 
Uh, the, the joke seemed bland. I can't think of one you said. <laughs> yeah, the joke seemed bland, the storyline forced, and the outcome's completely predictable. Migration is another example of the current state of cookie-cutter animated comedies that have followed the same formula from the last 20 years. I'm calling them out. This kind of stuff was original when Toy Story came out, and that was hasn't been and hasn't been original since. Come up with an original thought, please. Touch Brown, Spencer. Oh, well, uh, I I do love me my animation, uh, Illumination. I I'm I respect them in that they they are a solid, an actually solid competitor to Disney because Disney, for the longest time, almost felt like it had a monopoly on the animated movie front. Yep. And, but this one just doesn't grab me. I mean, I might watch it because, you know, my, you know, my, my daughter might want to watch it. I'm not sure because I haven't cared enough to ask because this movie doesn't give me anything to really care about. But I like Danny DeVito, who's in it, apparently. So I'll give it, a, I'll give it the benefit of that that way. And Illumination has always had been, been able to at least make something strong enough to at least make me go, huh. <laughs> and if they can do that, they've earned my blah. Okay. Rob, what say you? Wow. Okay. So I actually thought this was funny. <laughs> <laughs> apparently, I was the only one out of this group. But, yeah, apparently, um, apparently, we all hate ducks. <laughs> yeah, I like that duck in the room. Um, <laughs> I thought it was funny when, like, the duck didn't want to, like, um, poop on, like, the people overhead. I thought that was great. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, that was kind of funny. That was funny. Yeah. And yeah. then they have to, like, you know, like, wait for her to, like, go behind the bushes, you know? Like, <laughs> to me, I thought it was funny. My, you know, we, me and my wife watched it together. We both thought it was a good movie. It looked good. So I'm going to go with the so-so. I like the Illumination movies. I own all of the ones stated here. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the highest rated one out of them so far, which brings us to the uh, 400-pound sea monkey in the room. I'm not kidding. Sea monkey! Yeah, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. After failing to defeat Aquaman the first time, Black Manta wields the power of the mystic Black Triton to unleash an ancient and malevolent Malevolent. (laughs) Hoping to end his reign of terror, Aquaman forges an unlikely alliance with his brother, Orm, the former king of Atlantis. Setting aside their differences, they join forces to protect their kingdom and save the world from irreversible destruction. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, for this seat, they'll they'll sell you the whole seat, but you'll only need the edge. Yeah. On no. a Monday night, touch brown, brother. No <laughs> doubt. Uh, but anyway, uh, as, you know what? We only got about, about a minute, minute left, yeah. so, yeah, I don't know if I want to go you into drag this. it out and just uh, after commercial? Yeah. <laughs> I'll well, just start fresh. Yeah. Fresh yeah. At the, right after the break. Three movies this week, uh, yeah, we got three this week. We're we're blowing through them pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so let's just recap real quick, in case you missed those two. In case you forgot. <laughs> Migration oh. uh, is the highest rated one so far. Rob gave it a so-so. Tony and Spencer both gave it blahs. I, of course, gave it a touch brown. Salazar, part one, ceasefire. Just a big brown streak from everyone, because it was just confusing. <laughs> And uh, and nonsensical. Yeah, but even though I love the guy's voice, yeah, or just for some reason, just right. to talk like this. Yeah, well. You know what's funny, Jimmy? Is based just based if you if you read the synopsis ahead of time, which I know you don't, but you would have hated it if you understood it 
because <laughs> it's the bad guy, you know, rooting for bad guy against bad people, right? Yeah. As a gang leader against a criminal gang. Ooh, gang warfare. Don't care. Yeah, I really don't. So there's another reason not to see that one. But yeah, that was yeah. still that was confusion beyond confusion. Oh, All right, time. so we time. so we were able to slide into first here, and uh, the music's Ooh. coming up. So we'll get to the 400 pound sea monkey when we come back. Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. You still got that opportunity if you'd like to win tickets to it, or if you'd like a gift certificate to Dreamwell Comics, seven seven five five one five four one four one. All you have to do is answer the Sporkle Pub Quiz with Scott question of the trivia question of the week, which I had up and just disappeared. Uh, after at the end of the nineteen sixty four animated classic Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer, the misfit toys are being delivered by an elf, giving them umbrellas to flow down to houses below Santa's sleigh. Which misfit toy was apparently thrown to their death? Was it A the ostrich riding cowboy, B the bird with sw- that swims in a fishbowl, C the water gun that shoots jelly, D the pink polka dotted stuffed elephant, or E the train with square wheels on his caboose? Tony will give us an answer when we get back. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Oh. I'll get it next time. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tony, at the end of the 1964 animated classic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the misfit toys are being delivered by an elf, giving them umbrellas to float down to houses below Santa's sleigh. Which misfit toy was apparently thrown to their death? Was it A, the ostrich riding a cow, ostrich riding a cowboy? Or was it the ostrich riding cowboy? I don't get that. I think we'll go with ostrich riding cowboy. Okay. Since it was the 60s special. All right. Or B, the bird that swims in a fishbowl. C, the water gun that shoots jelly. D, the pink polka dotted stuffed elephant. Or E, the train with square wheels on its, on his caboose. That is a fantastic question by Scott. I love it. I don't know it, but I'll take a random guess. I'm going to just say B, the bird. Wow. All right, we will tell you whether or not you were... I just text you the answer. Whether you were correct. Okay, I'm I'm going to... Not on the show. Oh, oh, very interesting. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so we are talking... Call in, see if you can get it and win, ladies and gentlemen. Exactly. Uh, we're talking movies with Mr. Tony Sanfilippo. If I can find the right page, there it is. Okay. So, and here's the synopsis for the 400-pound sea monkey in the room this week, which is Aquaman in the Lost Kingdom. After failing to defeat Aquaman the first time, Black Manta wields the power of the mystic Black Trident to unleash an ancient... I was going to say something else. Um, ancient and malevolent force. Hoping to end his reign of terror, Aquaman forges in an unlikely alliance with his brother Orm, the former king of Atlantis. Setting aside their differences, they join forces to protect their kingdom and save the world from irreversible destruction. All right, so Aquaman was basically unemployed four years ago. Now he's the king of the biggest CGI world that looks worse than a video game and not a world you can believe in. It looks so fake, it's not even funny. With some bizarre Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, goofy storyline that is a confusing mess. Visuals that are a CGI vomit fest, but all in all, a fitting end to Zack Snyder's DCEU. And quite frankly, the last blockbuster film that will end the string of half-hearted written garbage films of 2023 with a resounding thud of disappointment. I'm giving it a touch, Brown. Tony, what say you? Oh, man. 
good old DC, right? So the first Aquaman, I went in with low expectations. The visual effects were terrible, and some, and the story was not that great. Somehow, it's gotten not any better. The CGI effects look terrible. Um, it's one of those uh, failed Snyderverse movies, and this is probably going to be the end of this whole Snyderverse DC thing. Um, I don't think you're going to get any more Aquamans with Jason Momoa after this. But, you know, we don't have a lot of movies coming out. Um, I got a feeling the action's got to be better than The Flash, right? I mean, they're all part <laughs> with the same CGI. Um, you know, I'm definitely not rushing or going to the theater to see this. Um, but I would watch it at home just to see it. I just They've all been disappointing. I don't know why I would really torture myself, but <laughs> I'll be nice. I'm going to give it a blah. Okay. Uh, HBO Max, man. Or, sorry, just Max now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> True. All right, Rob, what say you? Well, I, I'm like the lone horse again on this one, but I enjoyed the first one. Horse. <laughs> <laughs> um, I own the first one. I watch it. It's, I like it. I this one seems it, this one seems enjoyable to me as well. Um, less Amber Heard the better, so yay! Oh, um, true. Yes, no Amber Heard. That's a plus right there. <laughs> I do like kind of like the the subplot wait, that wait, he has. You a said baby. lone horse and then heard. Yeah, in the same. <laughs> <laughs> I see a theme here. <laughs> yes. Are you going to gallop the, to the theater? The seahorses. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here for Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, would that not be in kidding? common in this town. <laughs> um, true. The theater is true. Yeah, but no, I, 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 I think it looks like it's going to be just like the first one, enjoyable um, to me, anyways. Um, so, I, to me, it's going to be a good. All right. Spencer. Yeah. The first good today. Yeah. All right. Uh, Rob, let me assure you, you are not the lone horse in the room on this one. <laughs> I did enjoy the first Aquaman. I, I, I have enjoyed more more of the Snyder verse than not. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I, I, I know it has not been perfect, but there have been, there's been more elements that I have enjoyed than not enjoyed mm-hmm. in the Snyder verse. And I really like Jason Momoa, and I, I really liked how he embraced being Aquaman yep. and stuff. But, you know, if there's anybody who was born to be Lobo, <laughs> and the way he's acting in this movie, like, almost proves it. Because, unfortunately, uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman is, is suffering from the same malady that Chris Hemsworth's Thor was, uh, was suffering from in the last couple of Thor sequels. Stupid main character-itis. Where apparently you, you get dumber the more pow- the more powerful or longer you've been in a place of authority, and and in the Flash, I mean, he was really dumb in that little after after credit scene in the Flash. It was really funny. Yeah. Um, don't get me wrong, but and but um, and you know you can only and you can only play the fish out of water thing in this case almost literally. Uh, for so long before it gets a little tiresome because you know he's he's been the king of Atlantis for how many years now? You think that he'd at least know some of the ins and outs of how things work at this point, but then but the, but again but, but again they go right back to like oh I don't know how anything works under in the in the underwater under world. the sea yeah and eh. but 
again, less Amber Heard the better. I agree, agree wholeheartedly there. And um, and even if he is acting like a complete and total dullard, Momoa is very charming. And I'm actually looking forward to him moving on to hopefully maybe like Lobo and the James Gunn DCU. Uh, that would be cool. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. So, you know, whatever you, uh, whatever he's going to move on to, I'm 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 good. I'm down for. It. So, he has enough charm that I would be willing to watch this as probably a matinee. So, I'm going to give it a good so-so. All right. Well, the 400-pound uh, sea monkey lived up to its reputation and got gained the highest mounts this week. Yeah, I think it hit all, I think Rob it got every a, uh it hit, it hit everything tonight. <laughs> Tom gave it a good, Spencer touch gave it a brown. so-so, Tony yeah. gave it a blah, and I gave it a touch brown. I flatlined this week, but <laughs> <laughs> I did. Well, they weren't. But, when good, you get so. a bump above Touch Brown, it seems to be getting more and more rare these days. Yeah. Um, so to recap, uh, Salazar, Part One, Ceasefire, All Touch Browns, Migration, Rob, Give It a So So, Tony and Rob, Spencer, Blas, Touch Brown for me, Aquaman, Touch Brown for me, Good from Rob, So So from Spencer, and a blah from Tony. Next week, one movie is all that they have slated: The Goldfinger. <laughs> Which you'll probably get from me, the middle finger. But anyway. (laughs) (laughs) So, Tony, uh, this is our last show with you because you will be uh, out uh, next week. And uh, you'll also be out. Yeah, I'll be traveling. I'll be South Dakota bound to see my sister. So that should be fun. So you're going to be gone on New Year's, Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. You won't be doing live shows with us. So we won't see you until January. Uh, if you still send me the trailers, I'd still like to watch them and send you my thoughts. You don't have to read my like my comments on them. You, you mean the trailer? Trailer. Oh, it's uh, one whopper next week. We got we got a record one. Yeah, just uh, the gold finger. That's it. That's all. That's all it's called. Just the. That's why it's like Aquaman is the last movie. Gold last finger. Yeah. Uh, like the gold finger. So. I like gold. But not this movie. So, um, just so since we won't talk to you until uh, January of next year, um, let's, yeah, uh, let's cover some, some of the missions before then. Yeah, yeah, before uh, you know the nine minutes or actually eight minutes are up here. Let's uh, cover a little bit yeah. of ground. Um, so, twenty twenty three, uh, you know, overall feel is uh, how movies went so this year. Yeah, um, like, do you want to know what I what I thought of it all, or well, do you yeah. want to know? Well, what I did like you feel it was a good year for movies this year? Uh, so so, no, no, not so so. And the reason why I feel like because of the strike, I feel like we missed out on a lot of potential good ones that'll come out next year. I, I don't know. I just didn't feel like a lot came out this year. There were some good movies for sure, but not as much as it is in past. You know, kind of remind me a little bit of the COVID year a bit. When it came mm. to movies, I know, which is odd. Um, a little bit. Yeah, so, so yeah. what would what would you consider some of the better ones that came out this this year? Uh, yeah, geez, off the top of my head, uh, I figure, I figure, I, I figure, I figure I, the I ones actually, that that are actually stick to the top of your head are probably some of the better yeah, ones. Well, yeah, well, the Illumination Super Mario Brother movie back in April, I really loved that movie. I thought it was fantastic. Um, that uh, it's one that popped in my head. Um, you know, it was really disappointing in the sense of the Marvel movies this year. Um, I did like Guardians. Uh, Volume 3 was great. I really liked that. Um, just was disappointed with Ant-Man. I remember I was really excited for that, and it was kind of so-so. But the Marvel shows were definitely uh, uh, a little on the disappointing side this year. Um, 
But uh, yeah, when it comes to to that, those are just some of the things. I, I I don't know. Like we've had a whole year. I can't really. Nothing really sticks out movie wise. I need some triggers here. Maybe I have to well, fire up the old Google uh, machine see, uh, here. And let, let uh, Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves that came out this summer, wasn't it, or was that last summer? I don't remember. No, it came out in uh, February, March of this year. Yeah, so that's actually uh, that's actually one of my higher end ones because I, you know to get a good fantasy movie these days is pretty rare. Yeah, I've heard that was really good. I actually still have not seen that. <laughs> okay, definitely. Okay, I highly recommend it then, especially if nothing, if for nothing else, the scene with the dragon. Okay, well, this isn't dispenser. Okay, okay. We got to get yeah. Tony in here because uh, yeah. we won't be talking to him next week. Or yeah. So oh um, yeah oh haunted mansion Disney's haunted mansion that was pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. So with uh, Aquaman I being that. Aquaman being the last of the DCEU movies, do you think? Um, you know, we're not going to see anything from James Gunn until probably about mid-2024. And uh, the first things we're going to get are probably the animated series that are going to be on Max um, that are going to be tying in with his uh, new DCU. Uh, do you, Are you looking forward to seeing how James Gunn is going to be moving forward? Uh, do you think it'll be better than, you know, what they put out with Zack Snyder? I think better. Um, I think it's going to have a lot of high expectations. So I think a lot of people are going to expect it to be super fantastic right away. And I think it's going to be like Marvel. You're going to have some really good ones out there. I think there, I think the Superman reboot should be really good. Um, I think that's actually going to be pretty good. Uh, I think the whole having the different verses, like, you know, how there's, there is going to be another Joker. There's going to be another Batman you know, the sequels to the ones that just came out. Mm-hmm. I think that starts to get a little confusing. I'd like it to all just kind of be in one verse versus, uh, you know, well, this one's not really in the, the gun universe. It's in this one, but, uh, no, I think he's going to do really good with it. I have, I have, uh, I have pretty high hopes that he, he can make him entertaining because DC has some really cool properties that I'd love to see done well. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'd like to see any DC property. They have really good stuff. Well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> quite honestly, after yeah. this like last crop. Yeah, because there really is some good stuff. You know, like that Flash. I, you know, I would say this year that was one of my biggest disappointments. The Flash looked so good, and they did so. They did the right thing in drawing everybody back with Michael Keaton. I mean, that just that was like the big sell for me. I was like, okay, well, the Flash is a cool character. And you're bringing Michael Keaton back? How awesome is that? But then the way, oh, man, that horrible running scene, like when he's running, is one of the worst things I've ever seen. <laughs> they did it that so... That was a big disappointment. Well, it, you was, know what it, do you know why it was disappointing? It's because they do it so well on the TV show. Yeah. And then yes. it was so terrible in the movie. It was like, seriously? Like, yeah, the TV show has such a lesser well, budget, and it looks so much better. If they could have used the Flash from the TV show oh, as an Grant, alternate, yeah. you know, and mm-hmm. would have been so much oh, better, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah. much better. Well, uh, I, I just hope that, um, you know, if James Gunn going forward, the characters are more closely represented to how they are in the comic book. Would like that as well. You know, that is one, yeah, thing, I, one odd thing about the Flash. You know, in the comic books, he's this blonde guy. And he's never been blonde in anything live action. No, it's I weird. Know. True. So, yeah. and, and another funny thing. No is, more Ezra Miller would be great. Oh. <laughs> oh. I think we're guaranteed. Yeah, guaranteed that. I didn't like him as the Flash the minute I saw him as the Flash. So they were giving him no. his own movie, and I was like, oh, man. So, 
the grunts, right? <laughs> uh, he just he, he was an abomination to the character. I mean, the character itself. If you read DC Comics, the Flash is not a, a bumbling oaf, and is I'm, I'm just I don't know why if somebody's supposedly super smart, they have to play him as a social misfit bumbling idiot all the time. It's like any character that did, from anything, if they're super smart. They're socially misfitted, completely inept at doing anything completely normal correctly. And it's just a a horrible, horrible... It's to give them their flaw. No, they they have their flaws. (laughs) You don't need to... You don't have to do these stupid stereotypes is basically what it is. So... It's just, I, I, it drives me up a wall. And he he just went over the top with it, and it just drove me up a wall. But anyway, sir, no. um, but, we won't but be... next year, some good ones coming out, right? Deadpool There's, 3. Know, That's right? the only one you're Deadpool looking forward 3? to. Deadpool yeah. 3? No, two. Ghostbusters. I'm, I'm oh, looking forward yeah. to the next Ghostbusters. <laughs> I really am. I'm, I'm stoked for that. I, I'm those, that and Deadpool 3... Two ones I have high hopes next year. The only really grievance good. I have with the uh, from the trailer of the new Ghostbusters that's coming out, Patton Oswalt. <laughs> that seems to be the, the yeah. most common complaint most people have about the new Ghostbusters really? movie. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Patton Oswalt seems to be the big the big sticking point for people. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, nice to know I'm not alone on that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I that, I would say that too a little a little there, but uh, I'm excited to see what they do with that. I really enjoyed Afterlife. Uh, I'm excited to see what the next one is. Yeah, is frozen, frozen kingdom, frozen empire, frozen empire. Frozen empire. Yeah, should have just, been, empire. Okay. just been Ghostbusters on ice. Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, coming soon, Ghostbusters on ice. We're wow. bringing Harold Ramis back too. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Baker's not dead. He's on ice. <laughs> Summer 2024. Oh boy! I know how he's going to start out his review of it next time when we get to that movie next yeah, year. Yeah, let's see. Oh, and I will be more consistent with reviews next year. I was not very good with those this year. I kind of I started out good, and then the movies just kind of stopped, and I kind of just. Well, you yeah, when, when you have nothing to review, it's kind of hard to just put yeah, out consistent hard. reviews. Well, I'm looking forward to seeing yeah, more well, of those uh, concerts. concerts. And I'm like, I'm going to write about concerts, but then I, I keep going about it, I do it, and then I move on. And I'm like, okay, well, the show's done. Like, it's passed. Like, who's going to go see it now? All right. Well, you know, we passed you, but it's still yeah. going on in the country. And people would like to hear this about concerts, true. you know. All right, sir. I'll uh, be better in 2024 with that. Well, uh, since we won't talk to you, you have a Merry Christmas. You have a Happy Merry New Year. Merry Christmas, fellas. Happy New Year. I look forward to our show in the beginning of 2024. All Absolutely. right, sir. We'll talk to you in January. Everybody else will be talking with, uh, we'll be talking with author Stephen H. Provo next about his new book that is came out on Friday. So more Pop Culture Boom Radio Show coming up. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. His latest book is a collaboration with his wife, Sharon Provo. Please welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show, Mr. Stephen H. Provo. And how are you, sir? I'm doing very well. How are you? I'm all right. So uh, we haven't talked in a while. Uh, what you been up to? Well, I've been up to a number of things, but most recently it's the uh, Christmas Nightmares Eve book that I just released on Friday. It's a series of short stories, um, horror 
Eve-based stories, and it's a sequel to a previous book that I published called Nightmares Eve. And this one is different in that I worked with my wife Sharon on it. She has uh, seven stories in it, and I have nine stories plus a bonus excerpt. But she's actually contributed probably more than I did because one of her stories is a full novella. Wow. wow. So this is a pretty thick book. Yes, it's, a, it's over 300 pages. Wow. Well, sirs. And it's available now, um, I assume, Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble. It's available on Amazon exclusively right now. And, the, um, and as a uh, Christmas present for your listeners tonight, if you're on Amazon tomorrow and you want the Kindle version, you can get it for free. Oh, excellent. Wow. So be on Amazon.com tomorrow. Look up Stephen H. Provo. It's actually spelled P-R-O-V-O-S-T. So it, yeah. just so everybody knows. And the synopsis for the book goes as follows. What happens to bad little boys at Christmas time? Uh, they get turned into coal. No, I'm kidding. I added that that part in there. Uh, Do ghosts go home for the holidays? What happens when one of Santa's elves comes back from Costa Rica with an infection caused by a mysterious bite? Okay, let's get good. How far will a desperate author go to meet a Christmas deadline? Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Are, are they? Are you, do, do you have a camera in my writing writing studio, <laughs> sir? Did it, he didn't say uh, stop playing with the Legos? He didn't put that in there. So. Oh, okay, then no. Okay. But apparently, I got the no, camera no. in your honor. Anyway, <laughs> uh, those are just some of the questions posed in this new volume of Twist and Terror, perfect for the long and moonless nights of winter when candlelit candlelight fails and. Fitful dreams turn frightful. Flights of fancy and tales of whimsy are interspersed among the night terrors. A welcome but brief (laughs) respite from your growing unease. You can feel it now, tugging at the corners of your comforter as you nestle all snug in your bed. Is it only your imagination, or is it really the boogeyman waiting for the lights to go out so he can seize you or a serial killer stalking you sizing you up to become his next prized trophy there's enough fear and foreboding here to scare the christmas stockings off even the jolliest old elf i wouldn't want to see that quite honestly well welcome dear friends <laughs> to christmas nightmares eve when time stands still at the witching hour between i can't pronounce that word you're going to have to help me out mr author <laughs> Krampusnacht. Okay. And St. Nicholas Day, St. Nicholas, Nicholas Day, and leaves you stranded, helpless between the waking world and oblivion. Accept, accept your fate. There's no escape for you now. Not even a Christmas miracle can save you. That's what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, nine stories by you, seven by Sharon, uh, one of which is a novella. Um, which is sounds rather lengthy, um, and it's available exclusively at Amazon.com, and uh, you can get the Kindle version for free if you're on Amazon.com tomorrow, Monday, the 18th. So everybody listening, if you want to partake in the free Kindle version. Um, so you did that. I, I know you had an upcoming event, or I believe that was yesterday. Yes, that was yesterday. We were at the uh, Brewery Arts Center for a, uh, a uh, book signing. How'd that go? It went really well. I really enjoyed meeting people. Actually, Sharon was the one who was 
was more involved with that, so she can speak to it uh, better than I can. Oh, okay. Uh, but you were there. Um, you enjoyed, and actually, uh, is this uh, since uh, she's contributed to this uh, this anthology of uh, stories? Uh, this is mean that you guys are going to be working more hand in hand, come uh, with uh, future collaborations. Yes, we definitely are. We have. Uh, I think I counted eight or nine projects for the next coming year. She's the uh, she's the COO of my my publishing company, and I run the the creative side of it. She runs the business side of it. So um, she also contributes um, contributes short stories and potentially a novel. And she has a a nonfiction work in the uh, in the hopper for next year as well. Also Christmas themed. Oh, okay. Um, any other uh, kind of themed or books coming up in uh, the next year for, like, say, Valentine's Day? That almost kind of hurt to say. Uh, <laughs> Easter or... Not that soon, but we're looking at a possible Halloween third volume of the Nightmare's Eve series. So oh, yeah. um, stay tuned for that. That's something that we already have some ideas for. Um, I'm also working on my highway books. We'll uh, have... Um, I'm working on one on Highway 95, a, a historical tour um, of tour guide for Highway uh, 95 here in Nevada, and also two other highway books out here in the West that we'll be doing research for. So we're pretty busy. Very busy. So it sounds like uh, 2024 is going to be off to a very busy start for you in Dragon Crown Books Limited. Um, and uh, so uh, about eight or nine projects, is that so that means that you plan on putting out at least eight or nine books um, here in the next year. Um, are you, is uh, Dragon Crown Books currently accepting submissions from authors? Um. Very, very limited. I have one of the projects um, that I'm working on. I can't really speak to, but it is another collaboration with somebody outside, um, outside of our immediate family here. Uh, and I have put out this past year a book by a, a man named Ken Sutherland, who was in our Aces anthology. If uh, you remember, I may have told you about that. It's an anthology of 25 Northern Nevada writers, and he was one of them who put out a story in that. And it was one of three finalists for the John Steinbeck Award, that nice. story. And it was the first story he'd ever published. Wow, congratulations and to him. And he subsequently published a, uh, or, or wrote a book called Balance, The 200-Year Journey of Andrew Crawford, which is a science fiction, uh, time travel, body hopping type story in the mode of uh, Quantum Leap. And it was his first novel, and uh, he asked me to publish that, so I published that for him as well. Interesting. Um, so, with uh, the, uh, do you think there's a, you know, enough horror for this time of year? Do you think that the that the horror aspect of the this time, because you know, if you go back to like Charles Dickens' uh, Christmas Carol, there's always the the theme of you know that goes to Christmas past, Christmas present, Christmas future, blah blah blah. Um, do you think that? Uh, and there's been numerous um, kind of versions of that kind of theme. Uh, do you think that, that for some reason is there a reason why people gravitate to horror around this time of year? Is it because of the the winter and the cold and all of that, or well, many of the Christmas traditions that are now somewhat watered down were originally kind of scary. Um, Krampus was one of the characters that would 
be kind of an alter ego of Santa Claus for bad children. And there are several of these characters in, in old folk tales that we can pull from, and we didn't pull from nearly as many as we um, as we thought we might. And, and Sharon, would you like to talk a little bit about some of the folklore? Because she's here with me. Okay. Yeah, uh, one of my stories regards Frau Perchta, which is a folklore that comes out of, like, Austria and Germany, referring to a witch that makes sure that you keep your house clean, you make her porridge on the shining night, and have all your flax spun. And if you don't, you will pay a dear price. You will be disemboweled and filled oh, with rocks and twigs. What? Yeah, she's pretty hardcore. <laughs> <laughs> so if you don't offer her so, some weird old lady porridge, she'll gut you like a pig. Exactly. <laughs> so I think there's lots of scary stories to go around to make you, you know, appreciate everything you've gotten over the years. <laughs> wow, okay. So a dragon, dragon crown books. Um, so you guys are getting out there and getting some stuff done. Um, I, I hope that uh, Dragon Crown Books uh, become grows a lot bigger in the near future. I hope 2024 is a very successful year for you guys. Um, well, thank you very much. Thank you. And uh, so uh, where do you see the uh, um, Christmas Nightmares Eve going, though? So I, uh, you said right now it's currently exclusive at Amazon.com. Um, what's next for it, though? Will it be actually put out into print in a local, um, say, on in brick-and-mortar stores? Or what's uh, what's going on with that? We we hope so. I've got a number of books uh, currently at local brick and mortar stores like Grassroots up in Reno and here at the Purple Avocado and at some of the museums. Some of my nonfiction is at several of the museums, such as the uh, Nevada State Museum here, and um, also the Nevada. What used to be the Nevada Day Store now is just the Nevada Gift Gift Shop, I think it's called. Um, so I have my books in a number of places. Um, one of the places where I do have some of my fiction is Luminary down in Gardnerville. They have uh, Nightmare's Eve down there, so I'm hoping maybe they'll pick this up, fingers crossed. But uh, we also we all have physical copies of all of our books at the events that we do, and we're taking a little bit of a break because it's after Christmas now, but we're going to be ramping up again in the spring, and we'll be out there selling books. We'll be at Pop Culture Kaboom in September, and you'll certainly be able to get it there. Um and we have, uh, you know, we do have it in print. It is in print on Amazon as well. So if you want to get it in print, you can get it in print uh, there too. So it just came out, and we're definitely hoping to uh, get wider distribution for it. So as uh, the whole concept of some of the uh, imagery that's painted uh, from the description for, for the novel or for this uh, um, anthology book, um, kind of paints some very vivid images. I was wondering if, uh, if there's any chance that maybe in the near future, since uh, Crown Dragon Crown Books is now official, uh, collaborating with, say, like artists or and creating like graphic novels based on some of the stories. I would definitely be open to that. I'm not a part of that universe, so to speak, right now. So it would have to be something that I would be introduced to, and I would. I'm always open to collaborations, and that's something that I would definitely be open to, but I don't know how to get into it yet, so I can't say I've explored it. <laughs> okay, well, something to shoot for in 2024, huh? Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, is there a website set up for Dragon Crown Books? Um, there is. Uh, you can call or you can follow us on Facebook, 
Um, you can follow me as an author on Facebook. I have an author website that has many of my books on there. It's just stephenhprovo.com. I don't have a Dragon Crown Books website per se yet, um, but that's something that we're going to be working on. Uh, Sharon will be working on some of the uh, technical end of it because she's the, the tech whiz in the family. And so we're we're definitely looking to expand and put up different um, avenues of distribution and ways you can get in touch with us. Okay. And uh, one last thing to touch on real quick. You are the founder, administrator, and editor at Aces of Northern Nevada. Uh, just to touch base real quick again with everybody, uh, what exactly is Aces of Northern Nevada? And this is an online bookstore hub that you can go to and you can investigate. There are now 52 local authors who have their books up. It's set up like a bookstore by category, so you can go looking for mysteries, science fiction, horror, fantasy, history, whatever you're looking for, you can look for it by category. You can also meet the authors there. There's a little bit about each one of them on the Meet the Authors page. And you can also find the bookstores in your area that carry their books. But there are links to their pages where you can buy the books, whether it's on Amazon or Barnes & Noble or whether they have their own author page. You can just click through the, uh, the JPEG image of their book cover, and that will take you right to where you can get their books. So with uh, having 52 authors now, part of Aces of Northern Nevada, congratulations on that. Um, will there be like an Aces of Northern Nevada type of book um, fair or book fest uh, coming up in 2024 where someone can meet all of the authors? That's something we're looking into. We, haven't, we don't have any concrete plans yet. We had um, the other place where we were selling books this last weekend. Sharon was down here in Carson. I was up in Reno, and interestingly enough, there were seven authors there at this Reno Public Market signing, and six of them were part of ACES, so it was almost a de facto <laughs> ACES convention, uh, just because there are so many local authors who are becoming part of this. And you can find several authors. The, the previous week, we were at the uh, Sparks Museum, and there was another ACES author. Uh, Jade Griffin was there, and so it's becoming a, a quite popular venue for authors to help get their works works out awesome well i know jade griffin she's been on the show a couple of times um and she's also a, a game creator too so she's a really cool person yeah so all right sir well uh we are about to hit a hard break um i appreciate you coming on talking about christmas nightmares eve it is available now if you'd like to check out more you can go to stephen h provost Provo, a P-R-O-V-O-S-T dot com. And check out all of his books. Uh, Dragon Crown Books is uh, Limited is on Facebook, as well as Stephen H. Provo is on Facebook as well. When he posts, I do put it into Pop Culture Boom News feed on Facebook. So if you'd like to go and check them all out. And if you are a local author to Northern Nevada and you'd like to be a part of ACES, uh, you can, they are also on the Facebook. And I also do post when they post um, when they are... Put stuff up that I can post because a lot of and it I appreciate just, that. Thank you very much. A lot much. of it just says send message. It just says you can like it and comment and send message. And I'm like, well, I want to repost it. Where's the share button? But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> well, sir, you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. A very, and I wish you well on all of your ventures. And I look forward to talking to you in the new year.
Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. Our apologies to Mr. Stephen H. Provo. I apologize for the uh, top of the hour break, just kind of, or the eight twenty break, just kind of cut him off there. Yeah, um, so, so the hard breaks we just can't stop. Yeah, we can't stop them, unfortunately. They just kind of roll over everything. So I do apologize to him. Um, again, you can go and you can find him on Facebook, uh, or and you can also find his company, Dragon Book, Dragon Crown Books Limited, also on the Facebook, as well as Aces of Northern Nevada. Uh, just do a little search on the Facebook page for that, and with the little, uh, what is that, magnifying glass. Just do a search for Aces of Northern Nevada, Uh Dragon Crown Books, or Stephen H. Provo, which is spelled P-R-O-V-O-S-T. If you'd like to go and check out all of his books, in fiction and nonfiction, StephenHProvo.com. Um, and lots of good stuff there as well. And uh, also the Aces of Northern Nevada website, as is, a, like you said, a book hub. So you can go and check out a lot of Northern Nevada authors 52 at this point and hopefully uh more on the way spencer um (laughs) i know he actually has uh two books right now that are currently free with amazon with kindle unlimited excellent kindle unlimited look at you doing the research that i don't do (laughs) (laughs) so you don't have to wait if you have kindle unlimited you don't have to wait till tomorrow that's true all right so this month has been loaded with news regarding new pokemon trading card game products coming in the first quarter of 2024 and fans are likely to say this is the strongest announcement so far the Palladia Adventures Chest, available March 1st, 2020-2024, features a new illustration rare and a Palladian starter getting its first ever EX. This product includes six booster packs, seven foil promo cards, one sheet of stickers, one mini portfolio, one squishy po- Pikachu toy. Five of the promo cards are reprints from Scarlet and Violet sets, while two of them are new SV Blackstar promos. The two new SV Blackstar promos exclusive to this product are a Pikachu illustration rare drawn by somebody I can't pronounce and a Spirigatu EX illustration rare promos are mostly held for elite trainer boxes. So seeing this Pikachu show up like... This is quite a surprise. It's also surprising considering neither the Pikachu Illustration Rare nor Spiragatu EX from this product have been seen in Japan yet. Really? Interesting. Yeah, there yeah, you I go. I figured so, Japan would get everything first. An exclusive mm. that Japan didn't get, which is su- very surprising. Right. So the team at Naughty Dog has announced this announced that they have put an end to one of their projects. Mm-hmm. Oh, what, what project? The Last of Us Online yep. has been canceled. Mm. Didn't even know they had an online game. Multi-MMORPG anyway. Mm. The team posted mm. a notice on their website, which I will read to you in a moment, letting fans know of the decision. The TLDR is that the amount of resources needed to run the game would have meant a dynamic change in the studio. And they choose to focus on single-player narrative games rather than become a studio just working on a live multiplayer title. Hopefully this means we should be expecting some kind of news on The Last of Us Part 3 in the near future, since we're guessing all resources for the online title will probably be now shifting towards making that game. 
And here's that notice that was posted. We realize many of you have been anticipating news about the project we've been, that we've been calling The Last of Us Online. There's no easy way to say this. We've made the incredibly difficult decision to stop development on that game. We know this news will be tough for many, especially our dedicated The Last of Us Factions community, who have been following our multiplayer ambitions ardently. We're equally crushed at the, as the... As, crushed at the studio as we were looking forward to putting it in our hands. We wanted to share with you some backstory of how we came to this decision. The multiplayer team has been in pre-production with this game since we were working on The Last of Us Part 2, crafting an experience we felt was unique and had tremendous potential. As the multiplayer team iterated on their concept for The Last of Us Online during this time, their vision crystallized the gameplay got more refined and satisfying, and we were enthusiastic about the direction in which we were heading. In ramping up to full production, the massive scope of our ambition became clear. To release and support The Last of Us Online, we'd have to put all our studio resources behind supporting post-launch content for years to come. Severely impacting development on future single-player games, so we had two paths in front of us, become a solely live server service games studio, or continue to focus on single-player narrative games that had definitive Naughty Dog's heritage. We are immensely, immensely proud of everyone at the studio that touched this project. The learnings and investments in technology from the game will carry into how we develop our projects and will be invaluable in the direction we are headed as a studio. We have more than one ambitious brand new single-player game that we've worked on here at Naughty Dog, and we cannot wait to share more about that. Come more about what comes next when we're ready. Until then, we're incredibly thankful to our community for your support throughout. The years. Hmm. So, do you think that's subtly hinting at uh, Last of Us Part Three, mm, or just an excuse for? Well, they're supposed to have a remake of The Last of Us Part One coming out too, and, and two again. Yeah. So, who knows what? You know, if they yeah. do, you can. I can guarantee you that Part Three will probably come out about the same time as Season Two of the yeah, TV series. Yeah, more than series. likely. Yeah, probably about five years from now when everybody's forgotten about the first series. <laughs> First year of it, it's first season. Mm-hmm. So back in September, how old this story is? <laughs> uh, no, I'm serious. Back in September 2020, the news hit that Seth MacFarlane, Stephen Curry, you know who Stephen Curry is? That basketball player? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> and now late original series executive producer Norman Lear were teaming up for an animated version of the groundbreaking 70s sitcom Good Times. An animated version <laughs> of Good Times. I'm not making this up. For no, I know my. <laughs> exactly. In the updated take, uh, Good Times follows the Evans family as they navigate today's world and contemporary social issues as the original did years ago. The animated series looks to demonstrate the belief that with the love of family, we can keep our heads above water. A little more than three years later, really a little more, we have a major update to pass along, finally. The 10-episode series has tapped J.B. Smoove, uh, Yvette Nicole Brown, and Jay Farrow to lead the voice cast of the adult animated series. So three years later, they're just now coming out with voice actors. 
Smoove and Brown are set to as the show's central couple, Reggie and Beverly, with Farrow taking on the role of one of their sons, Junior, running for six seasons on CBS from 1974 to 1979. The Mike Evans and Eric Monte created series was developed and executive produced by Lear, starting as a spinoff of Lear's sit- sitcom Maud. Really? The series, I know that the Jeffersons was a spinoff of mm-hmm. Good Times. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Oh, well, Jeff- no, the Jeffersons yeah, no, were of, uh, a spin-off spin-off of, uh, of all in the family. Yeah, they were all in the oh, family. Oh, that's right. Huh. Yeah, because he was because he was their neighbor first. Yeah. My neighbor. Oh, well, yeah, and the funny thing is, George Jefferson, the guy who played George Jefferson, they always had him in mind for that role of George Jefferson, but he was always not available. So they uh, they kept mentioning him, but never showing him on the show until they could finally get him off of Broadway. <laughs> okay. And where was I? Okay. Uh, oh, <laughs> something popped up on the screen. Irrelevant. Irrelevant. Uh, that is Maud. Uh, the series was television's first African-American two-parent family sitcom focusing on the day-to-day lives of Florida and James Evans. Really? Her name was Florida? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, their three children, the inner si- in inner city Chicago. Good time starred uh, John Amos, Esther Roll, uh, Jeanette Dubois, uh, Ralph Carter, Jimmy Walker, Bern Nedette Stennis, uh, Janet Jackson. Yep, she played Penny. and more. Lear's Act Three Productions, Curry's un- Unanimous Media, McFarland's Fuzzy Door, and Sony Pictures TV are developing the project with oh. Renata Shepard. Set as showrunner, previous showrunner Carl Jones serves as an executive producer alongside Lear and uh, Brent Miller from Act 3 Productions, Curry, Eric Payton, and Jerome, Jerome Smith via Unanimous, and McFarlane and Erica Higgins via Fuzzy Doors. Sony Pictures Television will be producing. Yay. I, why is it taking them three years? Well, the, the act- Actually, plus... Yeah, probably doing a lot of development. Yeah, and they have to design the characters and stuff and update everything, which is, and then uh, you know, got to see if actors are actually going to be willing to do that, and then see if they can get any of the old actors to at least come back for cameos. Mm -hmm. But they didn't do any of that. They just announced. They just now announced who they're going to be voicing the main characters. Yeah, but that's years later. Yeah, but that's stuff that they've that's been doing. That they've reached that part of development (laughs) that they're able to three years later. Wow, it takes a long time to do like to initially start. The like animated shows, I guess. Well, yeah, because yeah, because unlike uh, unlike a live action show where you go, oh, it's set in Chicago. Okay, well, we can look in Chicago for sets and, and stuff. With uh, with animated stuff, yeah, even if it's set in a real world place, you have to design everything to fit the style of the show from the ground up. I mean, every aspect has to be designed and right. from the ground up. Yeah, but still, it doesn't take that long with the computers they have nowadays. Well, not yet. Anyway, uh, they <laughs> haven't gotten that AI years. that good, AI that that good yet. Apparently, so a new trailer for Echo has arrived, giving fans their newest look at the upcoming Marvel Cinematic Universe entry. In it, Marvel pulls no punches on the content of the series, with plenty of warnings of the show's TVMA rating featured throughout. The trailer also reveals a change in the show's release date. Instead of debuting on both Disney Plus and Hulu on Wednesday, January 10th, all five episodes of the show will now hit the server on Mm -hmm. Tuesday, January 9th. 
Yep. <laughs> one day, one day early. Well, yeah, They're but, doing yeah. well. It's it's at seven p.m. It's so it actually rolls out globally at exactly midnight around like all the like little min like so it hits every single country at exactly the same time. Okay. Mm. Because of the show's tone, Marvel Studios has developed a banner. Uh, such shows will live under. As part of a press re- event earlier this month, the Burbank-based outfit has officially launched Marvel Spotlight, a label that will feature projects less connected to the extended franchise with other MCU entries. Marvel Spotlight gives us a platform to bring more grounded character-driven stories to the screen, and in the case of Echo, focusing on street-level stakes over larger MCU continuity. Marvel's head of streaming, Brad Winterbaum, explained at the event, just like comics fans didn't need to read Avengers or Fantastic Four to enjoy a Ghost Rider spotlight comic, Ghost Rider had his own comic, and they didn't have to read Fantastic... Anyway. Uh... Blah, blah, blah. Uh, our audience doesn't need to have seen ha, need to have seen other Marvel series to understand what's happening in Maya's story, other than the appearance of Daredevil and a Kingpin. Uh, Marvel's upcoming Wonder Man series is also expected to be released under the Marvel Spotlight banner. Wonder Man will be uh, under the new Marvel Spotlight series banner, which are which are shows that are standalone series and not part of the greater Marvel Cinematic Universe. A report from Deadline earlier this month read, "Dead, dead, dead, ed, ed." Yeah, they we just saw a new promo for it today, where they reminded you that you have to make sure that your um, settings are set to TVMA. Ooh, in, in order, order to, to watch be able, it. yeah. Hmm. That'll be interesting. Did, did you guys watch a actually? One of you guys, any, meeny, miny, mo. Wasn't it you that didn't see Godzilla? Yeah, I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay. How about Blue Eye Samurai? Did you see that? No. Not yet. That's on my to watch list, though. All right. Well, I heard uh, good Blue, things about it. It's different. It's interesting. Blue Eye Samurai has been such a hit with Netflix that a season two has been announced to be in the works. Blue Eye Samurai made its debut with Netflix earlier this fall as one of the most distinct animated releases of the year overall and has been steadily taking over best-of-the-year conversations. It's been such a hit, in fact, that it's no real surprise to find out that Netflix is continuing with the second season of the series, which will probably be even make it even more popular before they completely end it. <laughs> I added that part, and that's not <laughs> Yeah, I, but they do have priors, so... <laughs> yes, they do. Uh, while a release date or further details about the new season have yet to be announced, Netflix has released a special announcement trailer. Blue-Eyed Samurai series creators, executive producers, and writers Amber Noizumai and Michael Green said the following about the season two announcements in an official statement with Netflix. When we started this project... We made a commitment to take this very personal story set in Edo period Japan and bring it to life in the most authentic and beautiful way possible. Our animators, historians, musicians, martial artists, and voice cast made this a reality beyond our expectations. The statement began, we are thankful to the our entire team and to our viewers from all over the world who have shown such passion for Mizu and her path of revenge. Mizu has a lot more blood to spill. 
Okay. Uh, we are deeply grateful to our incredible partners at Netflix for letting the journey continue. You can currently catch up with Blue-Eyed Samurai's first eight episodes, now streaming with Netflix. Yay! There's more to it, but I can't get to it. And with that, it is time for another break. When we get back, more Pop Culture Kaboom radio show. We still have 20 minutes if you'd like to win either a gift certificate from Dream, Dreamwell Comics or two tickets to see the advanced screening of Aquaman The Lost Kingdom or uh, get the Wonka Concession Collector's Gift Pack. All you have to do is call 775-515-4141 and try your hand at the trivia question. More Pop Culture Boom Radio Show coming up. Welcome back to the Pop Culture Kaboom Radio Show. Everything you want, everything you need in pop culture entertainment. So, have you played the game Death Stranding? Uh, no, but I watched my brother-in-law and sister play it. Okay, well, Death Stranding is coming to the big screen. Okay, I'm not shocked with uh, Norman Reedus being the main character. Uh, I don't know if they're going to actually have him as the main character. They didn't say anything about that, I don't think. A24 has announced that they are partnering with the iconic Hideo... Hideo Kojima. To bring the game, this game to theaters, A24 was born into this world about 10 years ago. Their presence is singular. Within the industry, they are like no other. The films they are delivering to the world are high in quality and very innovative. Okay. I have been attracted to their creations, and they have been inspired, 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 and they have inspired my own work. Their in, in, innovative approach to storytelling aligns with that, with what Ko, Kojima Kojima Productions has been doing for the last eight years. Now we are making a Death Stranding Stranding movie together. Uh, there are a lot of game adaptation films out there, but what we are creating is not just a direct translation of the game. The intention, is, the intention is that our audience will not only be fans of the games, but our film will be for anyone who loves cinema. Yeah, Kojima games are always very cinematic and really freaking weird. So it could work really well. <laughs> but it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to have be have Norman Reedus in it. Oh, yeah. But uh, but still, it's, it's, if, if Kojima is involved, it's going to be interesting. Love it or hate it, it will be interesting. We are creating a Death Stranding universe that has never been seen before. Achievable only through the medium of film. It will be born, said Kojima in a statement. A24 just keeps adding to an impressive... caller. Oh, okay. Hello, caller. Who is this and where are you calling from? Hey, this is Crystal from Topaz. Hi, Crystal from Topaz. How are you? I thought I'd get, like, ready to give this sporkle challenge a go. <laughs> All right. All right. So at the end of the 1964 animated classic, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, the misfit toys are being delivered by an elf, giving them umbrellas to float down to houses below Santa's sleigh. Which misfit toy was apparently thrown to their death? A, the ostrich riding a cowboy. B, the bird that swims in a fishbowl. C, the water gun that shoots jelly. D, the polka dot, the pink polka dotted stuffed elephant. Or E, the train with square wheels on his caboose. 
Oh, man, I wish I was paying attention earlier when somebody else gave a guess. Because I want to say the elephant, but did somebody else say the freaking elephant? Uh, no. Well, yes, actually. Um, yes. Well, I'm going to say the train with square wheels. Choo-choo. Choo-choo is a... Choo-choo! Not the right answer. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, so sorry, but... But... Well, you did just say to call in, right? You didn't yeah. say I had to win. Right. Oh, well, yeah, <laughs> and actually, there's so there, that leaves four more choices, and uh, we're going to hang up on you, and you can call right back and try again. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you. All right. Talk to you in a minute, I guess. It's like Peter Bankman says in Ghostbusters. Good guess, but wrong. Uh, Good guess, Eric. You are correct. So Eric got it right. Come on, Crystal. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So uh, where was I? A24 just keeps adding to an impressive production schedule for the next couple of years as they have slowly become one of the most powerful Studios in Hollywood, they also recently announced an Elon Musk biopic and are coming off a bunch of Oscar wins these last few years, which included Best Picture win for Everything, Everywhere, All at Once earlier this year. As as for this year's race, they have a plethora of films in the hunt for more Oscars. They include Sofia Coppola's Priscilla wrestling biopic The Iron Claw about the Von Erich family, The Past Lives, thought thought to be a frontrunner in most categories earlier in 2023. That is not to mention other solid hits this year, like the horror film Talk to Me and Ari Aster's latest film Bo is Afraid. They are the most interesting studio in in the game. They are the most interesting stu- most most interesting studio in the game right now. Okay, I was reading that right, and you cannot convince me otherwise. Other films that may, we may see in twenty twenty four include Ty West's third film in his horror trilogy, Maxine, Alex Garland's fourth film, Civil War, uh, Paul Rudd, Jana Ortega's comedy, Death of a Unicorn. That's a comedy. What's so funny about a Death of a Unicorn? And so many more. Now they are getting into business with Hin- Hideo Kojima. And Death Stranding could be a huge film for them. I'm sure. Well, the game, the game is very, like I said, weird. Because it's almost like it. It's a, more of an interactive movie in a lot of ways than it is a than it is a video game. Ah. Yeah, so so it, it could work really well in the cinematic format of a movie. But uh, I, I am really interested to see what angle they go with because Kojima, you know, he, he's the one that really introduced uh, fourth wall breaking stuff in the com- in the video games. Well, he didn't introduce it, but he used a lot of it, like uh, in the first Metal Gear Solid game, he made it so you had to put to be able to beat a, a mind reading uh, boss. You actually had to put your controller in the second player controller port to be able to beat him <laughs> so that he couldn't read your mind. That's goofy. Oh yeah. But then stuff like that. And then you had to read the back of the, of the video game cover to know what frequency that you had this, the tune, the radio in the, in the game to, to be able to get information you needed. <laughs> You know, so like interesting fourth wall breaking stuff like that in the comics. So I'm wondering what kind of stuff that they can pull like that for movies. It's not really fourth wall breaking. Reading the back of the game thing to get. Well, yeah, but clues. that information isn't available in the video game at all. 
Okay. The, the the frequency you need is on the is on the video game case, but the information is still in the game. Well, fourth wall breaking is like your character turning to you and saying you hit the wrong button. Yeah, yeah. There's stuff like that, like uh, with uh, Norman Reedus. If you tried, be, because one of the weird mechanics in this game is that you can make Norman Reedus his character pee. And if that you try is to turn information, I did not need yeah. to know. But if you try to turn the camera around to the front, he'll keep turning away from you and flip you off eventually if you keep it up. Oh, <laughs> I take it you've tried. That's uh, no. bizarre. <laughs> but okay. well, like I said, this game is weird. <laughs> All right, Warner Brothers Discovery is expanding, sharing their vast library of DC content, once exclusive to their streaming platform Max, to the AVOD service Tubi. That will feature 10 newly curated fast channels. Among the titles included are recent DC Universe live action films The Batman 2022, Black Adam 2022. Boy, that movie just kind of dropped off the planet. Yeah, it just kind of came and went, yeah. yeah. Uh, Wonder Woman 2017 and Aquaman 2018. And TV shows like Lois and Clark, The New Adventures of Superman. Love that show. The addition of recent blockbuster movies and fan-favorite series from the DC Library is a monumental offering for Tubi viewers, said Adam Lewiston, chief content officer, Tubi in a statement. We're so pleased to have some wonderful partners at Warner Brothers Discovery who are expanding the reach of their superhero franchise films and series that are destined to draw new audiences and fandoms with Tubi's highly engaging, engaged viewers. Tubi's already stocked up to, on Batman and Superman, which will expand over time. Already available are the first three 80s to 90s live-action Batman films from Tim Burton and Joel Schumacher, the first two live-action Christopher Reeve-starred Superman films, and several other live-action DC series in the Bat-Vert universe, including Birds of Prey, Batwoman, and Gotham, and the Superman prequel series, Krypton. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. That came and, <laughs> kind of came and went too, didn't it? Yeah, it had what, two seasons? The releases will be the releases will be released over time, with Lois and Clark premiering on the platform on December thirty first. The DCU films coming to the platform in twenty twenty four. That's not DCU. Include Aquaman, Black Adam, Birds of Prey, and the fabulous immaculation of one Harlequin, uh, Green Lantern twenty eleven. Suicide Squad, (laughs) The Batman, Wonder Woman, and Wonder Woman 1984. That movie was... Uh, Shortly after his success with 2020's The Invisible Man... I did... I have yet to see that movie. I saw the trailers for that, and I'm like, this is absolute garbage. It's actually pretty good. Really? Mm -hmm. See, when, when I'm watching the trailer and somebody dumps white on him and the main villain looks like a golf ball i'm out <laughs> <laughs> sorry i was tapped to revive the wolfman for bloomhouse productions which had ryan gosling on board to star while wanel nell would end up leaving the project it looks like there's another creative overhaul as gosling is leaving the project and christopher abbott is stepping into star as wanel is once again confirmed to be helming the picture the Hollywood Reporter not only confirmed the creative shakeups, but also revealed that the film moving forward more substantially, as it has earned an October twenty fifth, twenty twenty four release date. Wow, that's not long for a movie. Um, no, not at all. Especially um, one that's going to bound to be effects heavy, like wolf, like something that involves werewolves. Maybe. Unless they go practical. In the wake of leaving the project, one was replaced by Gosling's former Blue Valentine and the Place Beyond the 
Pines collaborator Derek uh, Sinfrance uh, in the three years since the project was announced, three years already. There have been a few updates about the project, though development was obviously impacted not only by the coronavirus pandemic, but also by this year's actors and writers' strikes. Oh, yeah. forgot about all that. Mm -hmm. No wonder the uh, earlier story that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. the uh, good times, was uh, taken three years as well. Yep. Oops, my bad. Uh, This update of uh, creative shifts and earning a release date that's only 10 months away would imply the project could start shooting in the immediate future. Abbott might not be a household name like Gosling, but has been scoring multiple acclaimed performances across multiple genres of indie film, such as It Comes at Night and Processor, with Abbott most recently appearing alongside Emma Stone and Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things after the original Wolfman was released in 1930. 41. Wow. Mm-hmm. The figure cemented himself as one of the iconic universal monsters. The most significant, significant attempt to revive the property came with a straightforward reboot in 2010 starring Benicio del Toro, which was met with critical and financial disappointment because it was a disappointing movie. Uh, part of that made The Invisible Man such a hit was that rather than a straightforward revival of the source material, uh, Winnell found an unconventional approach to the material that embraced the spirit of its predecessor while also adding in a much more contemporary and frightening feel. When this new Wolfman was announced, it was teased as being a similar embrace of the tone of the original movie while also reimagining the actual plot. Uh, that project teased that it would follow a character that would feel more like Jack... Uh, anyway, <clears throat> Nightcrawler. Okay, weird. That ju- Nightcrawler movie. Oh, the one TV with show. Uh, Jake. Yeah, very bizarre. Um, a big thank you to our guest, Stephen H. Provo, with all the guests on Pop Culture Boom Radio Show. Uh, Pop Culture Boom follows and likes them on Facebook, depending on what options are available. So as they post news, it is reposted to the Pop Culture Boom news feed on Facebook. So give us a like and a follow at the very least, and then give them a like and a follow from there as they post it and we share it. Next week, we'll be talking about Christmas-themed collaborations. What do you, the listener, think were the best and worst of all time? We'll also have our personal list of best and worst, as well as our individual list of go-to holiday pop culture material, i.e. movies, games, books, etc. Thank you all for tuning in tonight, and please continue supporting Pop Culture Kaboom by listening to the Pop Culture Kaboom radio show live every Sunday night. And if you miss any part of the live show, check out the Pop Culture Boom podcast produced by 987 and Now Productions on your favorite podcast platform. And not only get this episode, but also previous episodes and some bonus material that'll be coming out as well. Subscribe to the Pop Culture Boom podcast on your favorite podcast platform. Also give a like and a follow to Pop, Pop Culture Boom on Facebook for everything you want, everything you need from Pop Culture Entertainment Daily. And subscribe to the Pop Culture Boom YouTube channel for video interviews from events we have and will be attending. On behalf of Tony Sanfilippo, Filippo's Horrible Reviews, KNBC, Spencer, Rob, and I, thank you for your support. We will talk with you again right here live next Sunday, 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Pacific Time, 9 p.m. to 12 a.m. Eastern Time, anytime during the week on Facebook and by email. Don't touch that dial or close that browser window. Episode number 15 of Season 2 of Murphy's Inc. is coming up next, and it is the climatic conclusion to the season with a huge cliff cliffhanger of an ending. The episode is titled Timeline Must Be Treated With Respect and you do not want to miss it. For us though, until next Sunday, be safe, stay healthy, and peace out, Wabbits. <laughs>